were bad, but now they're okay. Only me or my, you're the apple of my eye, girl. I never loved one like you. Found you hiding here, so won't you take my hand, darling? There's nothing that can stop you from becoming popular, Lar. Daydream Believers Podcast. I'm your host, Space Orphan 18. This week we are going to get back under the sheets and talk about Blaine this time and, you know, his sexuality, sensuality, romanticism, all that kind of stuff like we did with Kurt last week. And I bought I bought some people, you know, because that's appropriate. <laughs> I brought Ooh. some great guests in to help me out with this conversation. So I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Bethany, or B, I'm not that beyond Tumblr, and I am very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Izzy, I'm, I'm Izzy, I'm the dog mark on Tumblr, and I'd like to think I'm expensive, but I'm probably not. <laughs> Hi, I'm uh, Carly, and I'm Carol Jane pretty much everywhere, and I don't want to uh, be involved in this conversation. <laughs> About slavery and whatnot. Well, I was gearing more towards prostitution, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we've started this on a great note. Okay, so uh, welcome to the Blade and Sex podcast, guys. And um, so let me start with, um, let me read you, let's read with, I'm going to read Starkey Hag, could not be here. Um, not that she was even on the podcast to begin with, but she sent me a three-page document. And um, let me start with some of the points, because this kind of goes towards um, a Blaine in, in his early life and, and what kind of like stuff meant to him before we meet him and where he's, his head is at. And I would like to hear what you guys have to say about this. So this is how she starts this off. 
Um, when we first meet Blaine, we are to understand him as an older and experienced in terms of being gay and dealing with life in Ohio. This gets turned on its head a bit with canon, but we can easily, but can be easily interpreted that Blaine as the Blaine that wants people as the Blaine that he wants people to see, as opposed to the Blaine that he is. But also, Blaine prepares for any role he's going to play. So in some ways, he will be educationally experienced, knowledgeable, but not still not emotionally. What does that mean for Blaine when it comes to sex? Well, therein lies the fake-it-till-you-make-it metaphor. No, mm -hmm. Blaine is not a phony, but he does have a presence, and he has an image that he wants to project on the world. Exactly one person gets all the way through, and that one is Kurt, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, younger Blaine loved romance just as much as Kurt. Maybe more because while Kurt had what I heard, what I what I had canon to be loving in, uh, in love parents with an easy relationship, I think Blaine had parents who were a bit more stuffy and who had a harder time with open emotion and unconditional love. Blaine acts repressed and that has to come from somewhere. He very much behaves as someone who has an ex uh, um, expectation and standards that come from outside forces in addition to his own personal standards. Blaine is looking to impress everyone always. Where did he learn that as a coping mechanism for not being quite right? I had canon that this is from his family. This is made up of some parts of effortless, handsome, and beloved older brother, some parts of emotional distant parents who are very concerned with much about appearances, upper middle class, and likely some kind of religion that keeps a traditional re repressive lifestyle. So we end up with a Blaine that has an idea of the kind of love romance he really uh, romance he wants, but is really feels like a fantasy. Um, and then this, which means Blaine is utilitarian. He thinks that uh, uh, he thinks that he will be allowed certain experiences and is willing to accept something just under Kurt's standard would be. Does that mean he's more basic? No, but Blaine is going to try and function in a world and fit since he can, where Kurt has much more of his own world at much of the time. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I think I would mostly agree with that. I have a lot of headcanons about Blaine, which I will very happily tell you. Um, but I think I definitely mostly agree with that. Would you guys yeah. have headcanons? You know, you can disagree with it, but like, do you have headcanons for... I, I like what she says about, you know, unlike Kurt, who kind of has, you know, his parents to look upon as a happy, functioning romance, he, Blaine kind of has to come at it in a different direction and and, you know... So I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I definitely think that um, Cooper had a, a big part to deal with how he developed as a, like having him as the role model. Because mm -hmm. I think he, well, we don't exactly know Cooper's age, but like from the flashbacks, he's kind of like a older teen when Blaine is like, I don't know, four. I don't mm -hmm. know what age he was supposed to be there. Um, but um, so, so when he's a kid, that's kind of like when you start to look up to see like, oh, grownups, you know, and what, what do they do? What do I want to do when I'm older? Who is, who's like, who impresses me most? And like having this like older brother that's showy and into music and, and makes him do like Rio uh, <laughs> concerts in Julie, the front yard. Julie Simon Lebon impression. <laughs> right. Um, I I think that's um very much uh, 
very much a role model. And, and so this is a, a teenager Cooper who, God, we can only imagine. <laughs> like, we kind of want to imagine what that's like. I mean, we uh, like think in Big Brother when he's in the the restaurant and like he's putting on a show. I, I see him as like a cocky, full of himself teenager mm-hmm. boy, and and so he probably talked that like you know that age boys are starting to talk about sex and girls and. So he probably talked it up and like, so I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, this is all conjecture. This is all headcanon territory because what do we actually have in canon to go off of? Not much. Which is history. Fine. Like, yeah. 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 So, um, but I still think like that's being the, the like, uh, like, sexually aware and and zen and wonderful like a teenage boy is kind of like what he's acting up to be in um season two and kurt meets him well and you know going off of what you said a bit i think that you know here is a kid who more naturally than kurt wants to be seen and wants to be heard and wants to be touched and wants to be, you know, he wants to, he's not, you know, Kurt's kind of shut off in a way and Blaine more is let me reach out. And, and he likes, you know, the physical attention. I think that is a natural thing and, and we'll get more into like how that is a, you know, pro and a con as we get more into the series, but, um, you know, and his parents are seem, and his brother is definitely emotionally distant. And so he he's always reaching out a little bit more. Um, and then, you know, you have Cooper, who probably is very like, yeah, I made up with a girl. And Blaine's like, I want to know what that feels like. Because, you know, like he likes that feeling. He likes, you know, like, oh, I can like, hmm, I can do that kind of stuff. Or um, I guess the other thought I had in my head up until like a second ago. Shoot. <laughs> Well, I have a question. I do sort of have a question. Sure, go for it. It goes on from what you were, were saying. I just wonder, you know, at what point is Blaine listening to Cooper talking about his his girlfriends and the girls that he's making out with? Does he go, I want that, but I don't want it with a girl? Like, we know that Blaine was definitely out when Sadie Hawkins happened, and I don't know much about American school system, so I can't remember how old he's supposed to be. About fourteen ish. Okay, so um, but he's still fairly young. So, like, at what point do you yeah. think he came to turn, like came out? Early, I think he knew. You know, I had a friend of mine who said um, that he knew he was gay when he was he was like five or six and watching commercials and like there's this shaving commercial on and he's like, wow, like he felt something. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure Blaine would be aware of that at a rather young age. That's Important. one of the tragedies. We don't, we don't no. get his like coming out story other than, Hey, I did coming out. Like, like the whole, how did I know? Like what, what, what does gay really mean to me? Like as coming out, like it means different things at different times in people's lives. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, is it because, hey, I, I don't know, Kurt, it's always sort of been, like, about, like, because he acts gay, like, people could see he's gay, like, which is a touchy, like, kind of subjective, but um, for Blaine, like, 
is it because of the behaviors and and things he liked, or is it like when did he start noticing men and other boys' age? I have a that have is a, a story important. I would love to hear. I have a super important question because I've read it. I'm sure it's in a million fix, but you brought up the fact that um you think it might have been a commercial. The real question is which Disney prince do you think? Blaine loves the most. Oh, like, yeah. Which one did he want to marry? Yeah, there's a... <laughs> oh, man. It's an important question. It is an important question. Well, I, well, I mean, in fand- fandom, he is always, like, associated not with marrying, but actually being um, Prince Eric. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Prince Eric. <laughs> yeah. See, I think... Um, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that it was more, like, comic books. And, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Like, I think he like, was really into, like, Thor. Batman. Or, or, yeah. Batman. <laughs> can like, can yeah. we just take, just take a quick moment? Because we're recording this the weekend after Endgame came out. And I'm pretty sure it was Kay Black, John Lennon, oh, who posted this. Oh, do you spoilers? We, you know, no, no, better. no. I was just going to okay. say, I think uh, this past weekend, Blaine and Sam would have had, like, the craziest weekend in the world. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> right. Oh, man. To write a thing right. where Kurt has to be dragged with them. But anyway. <laughs> oh, my God, please do. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, but, yeah, like, I always, like, pictured, you know, baby Blaine, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. You know, he's got these comic books and they're, you know, traditionally quote unquote boy things, but he's looking at them and, you know, their muscles are all really defined and they're sweaty sometimes. You know what I mean? Like it's very, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's homoerotic in a lot it of is. ways. It is. Oh, it is. Yeah. And so like, can, I mean, like, not that he wasn't into the Disney princess, that's not what I mean, but I feel like that would have been his like. Yeah, major awakening. I actually kind of agree with that. Not that he doesn't, you know, he loves musicals as much as Kurt yes. does. But um, as a kid, you know, his parents were sitting with them and watching Sound of Music, and he he right. had to like do yeah. his own thing. And so he probably and he is he likes things like geek culture and and comic books and, and stuff like that. Right, and he has an older brother, so yeah. like he, he probably got passed down a lot of things. You know, that's that's a thing that happens, and with you know, siblings or whatever, you play with your older brother's stuff, and you know what I mean? Like, I can just, I can see, and then I remember in that big brother scene, they're fighting over, like, an action figure. Like, Mm -hmm. Cooper's like, this is mine, and Blaine's like, no, I want to play with it. Like, so that's kind of where I always got that. Like, that was a big thing for him. Mm -hmm. Um, I also always kind of had canoned Blaine's family. I know we got kind of canonical whatever for this in the wedding with the outs the stuff that was cut out but i had always pictured that his parents had a had a dysfunctional relationship and probably mm-hmm. divorced when he was young mm-hmm. and um or at the very least were very cold and distant with each other and i mean i have tons of headcanons for blaine i also up until big brother i always thought that he was a middle child I always saw him as a middle child, and not, and he had an older brother, and he had a younger sibling, which obviously is not true. We know that's not true, but I had always thought about that with him. So I just, like, I have lots of headcanons for me. <laughs> well, and something that I have, and it's not, like, about super, this is not about super young Blaine, but, like, some one huge difference between Kurt and Blaine is that Blaine was like, hmm, you know, here are all of these, like, sex-related things. I want to go experiment and try this out. I mm-hmm. think that he was 
looking at porn at a young age. I think he masturbated way, you know, before Kurt ever thought that was something he wanted to try. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I think that his trying to educate himself, especially because he didn't have loving parents who were going to help him for that. I I think it's just something that he was like, you know what, I'm going to go do this myself. And it's something like he finds that he enjoys. Um, So, you know, he does talk about it openly. Um, And Mm -hmm. I'll have to, in a minute, when we get a little further on, I want to read you what Snarky has to say about the Mm -hmm. masturbation thing. But I just wanted to point (laughs) that out there that I do think it's a relevant comment that he is, you know, going to go seek it out more than Mm -hmm. maybe Kurt would. Well, I feel like that also comes with having an older sibling who is much older and who might, you know, if you're snooping in on their stuff, you might come across, right? A, a, you know, a stash of porn. Of course, Blaine, Blaine would look at it and not be interested in it, but would, you know, be made aware of its existence and then go seek out right. stuff that he would well, be interested in. I also think Cooper, because he's like, you know, try anything once, he might have like a variety of kinds of porn. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, um, one thing is I, I want to um, remark on is that um, we know that Blaine is a virgin from, like, the context of the first time. But, right. like, there's different, like, people define virginity differently mm-hmm. and, like, experience differently. So... Like, just because he's a virgin in that like in that context doesn't mean he didn't have experience before Kurt. And um, but he also says that he's never been in a relationship before. So and and we see like his his chasing Jeremiah and his um, the alliance his horrible mistake with Eli um, that he he puts himself out there not necessarily in to the best people and in the best mm-hmm. way and and the thing he said to um to Bert when um in when he's in sexy is it um he when he goes to the the garage um he mm-hmm. remarks that like if you don't talk to Kurt, he might go, have to go onto the internet and find out these things or to mm-hmm. parties at college or like find out about them in bad ways. And mm-hmm. like Bert kind of gets that he's talking from experience. And I, I agree in that, that he probably does have experiences where he's been burned, like not just, you know, Sadie Hawkins where he's been bashed for being gay, but like, he probably had other experiences where he tried to like act on on being gay, and kind of yeah, like, it didn't fit. Like he's romantic say, like, at heart. In- he has like the hugest heart. He's like even more romantic than Kurt. Mm-hmm. I was gonna <laughs> that say time. like that scene in 2009 when he's he's like I'm so happy about being out and proud and he's like that other guy was like because nah. he it Blaine's like how what about you and he's like oh, I'm not gay and right. it's like oh okay um so that happens the year before they meet um let me read here some some thoughts Snarky had on Sadie Hawkins and Dalton because I think this ties in what you guys were saying 
Um, 15-year-old Blaine decides he's out and proud and wants to take a boy, even a friend, to a dance because while he wants to keep up appearances, Blaine also wants to make it clear that he's here, he's queer, get used to it. And he's going to look damn fine in a tux to boot. So he tries the thing, a somewhat aspirational thing when considering the time and place, and it backfires extremely. His grand gesture about being out ends with him being beat up. This hurts his core and increases the feelings of of the fantasy being unattainable. How long has um, Blaine been at Dalton before Kurt shows up? A, a year or so. If if we meet Blaine as a sophomore, then I had canon that Blaine showed up at Dalton mid-year in his freshman year because of the Sadie Hawkins dance. So he had a few months to establish his dominance over the Warblers and make some friends. <laughs> <laughs> Does he make friends? Well... We see him being a polite chum with the other dudes. We see him being okay friendly with them and definitely as a situational and actively friends. Is he close with any of them? Nope. Sorry, fan fiction. This is just where he gets his bearings and starts to feel like he's back on track with the person he's he is being closer to the person he wants to be. And there's boys everywhere. He has a <laughs> chance to get more comfortable in a safe space and maybe meet a cute boy. I do think that sophomore Blaine has licked his proverbial wounds from Sadie Hawkins and is ready to find love like or lust because he's dying to get his gay on. <laughs> well, see, okay, I've got a few things. Firstly, like, I think the fact that you have one Blaine in sexy going to see Bert and then what happens in the first time is definitely just another iteration of the writers didn't really know what they were doing with Blaine. Yeah. Between the two between the two seasons. Because it's definitely like, here's older Blaine who may or may not have experience, but actually he's a virgin. So like mm-hmm. and younger. <clears throat> Whoops. Um but I mean I can I can generally sweep that under rug. I've come to terms with it. But I think the what was I gonna say? Um Oh, sorry. I've lost my train of thought. I was going to say two things, but I only remembered the one thing. <laughs> I did it just earlier, so I feel, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry. If, I, if it comes back to me, I'll, I'll bring it back up again. <laughs> I think a, a good point that um, it's Snarky that wrote this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a good point that Snarky makes um, is, is pointing out that Blaine doesn't really seem to have any really close friends in the Warblers mm-hmm. or in Dalton in general. Like, I mean, this the fact, like, I think it, it it's very apparent in the first time when he goes back and sings with them and they walk away, like, right after he gives the tickets so he could talk to, to Sebastian. Like, I, mm-hmm. I know that, like, filming-wise, that, that makes sense so that you can get the whole Sebastian and Blaine thing going and whatever. But, like, if my friend who I haven't seen in a while, who used to be, like, my best friend, and he came back, I would be like, okay, like, move over, new guy, like, let me talk to my best friend, you know? But they kind of look like, oh, oh, look, it's you. Okay, we're going this way now. Um, So, I... That always struck me, like, as as important that he didn't really have friends. And, like, also, because horrible character development for Blaine in third <laughs> season, he, he didn't really that. have friends then either. <laughs> I mean, like, we saw him dancing with Mike a couple times, but, like, he only spent time with Kurt, and, like, Kurt was his closest friend, but he was also his, his lover and boyfriend, and uh, other than that, like, 
he was friendly with everybody. Like, Puck mm-hmm. put him down, like, all the time. Finn hated him for half a year. Like, But how much and- of that do you think was because it came from Dalton where it was like, yeah, this is how friendship works, right? Like, you just sort of friendly with people and like it's the same thing they did at Dalton is what he did at McKinley and it wasn't until he kind of lost that one close friend that he realized exactly how alone he was and I don't know how long it would have been at Dalton before he also realized he was probably fairly alone yeah well let's I'm gonna put a pin in on that because I think it ties in um uh with some you know why he ends up yeah, kind of reaching out and reaching out through sex of all things. Um, I do, I do say, I do want to, I do remember what I was the other point that I was going to make, and that was, I'm intrigued that Sadie Hawkins didn't make Blaine not want to be out anymore. If that's what happened, yeah. I mean, it's interesting that he he's very much. Um, it's he didn't really he, retweet. I mean, Dalton was kind of his his retreation, but. I, like one thing that he says when he meets Kurt for the first time is that he says that he ran away yeah. and he, he's, he kind of, you know, getting into kind of meeting Kurt, I think that he takes, you know, it's kind of funny that he's originally supposed to be the mentor for Kurt because I even think that even at the beginning, even though he's playing, Darren is playing him older, um, that. Blaine takes a lot of his lead from Kurt of all people. Like mm-hmm. here's this kid who is proud to be, you know, his own person. And Blaine kind of latches onto that a bit, even though like Blaine wants to try and be the people who will be like what he thinks other people will expect him to be. So if that made any I sense. Think, <laughs> I think Blaine went to anger. He got it like Instead of retreating and getting scared or sad, he went to anger, like, you're not going to, this is not going to beat me. You're not going to tell me how I'm going to do live my life. You're gonna, this isn't going to define me, whatever. And probably didn't really mention it to really anybody until Kurt came along. Like, mm-hmm. I doubt that anybody even knew why he had transferred. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But then, how, again, how much of that is, that's the kind of thing you only really do tell a really close friend. And if you don't really right. have any close friends, you're not going to tell anyone about it. I mean, that's, yep. that's fair. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read uh, what Snarky said about the beginning of the Kurt stuff. And there's a lot of, um, she kind of breaks down season two in a couple parts. And I, I it's very fascinating to me. Okay. Um, it's your Kurt. Blaine doesn't know how to, Blaine doesn't know how to take in everything of Kurt. He does know that he is absolutely drawn to him from moment one. He feels this deep connection like he can't cannot understand because he doesn't have good love examples and assumes, oh, this is what a best friend is like. Or, oh, oops, <laughs> when did we start holding hands and slow-mo running? Uh, well, just go with the cute boy. Seems, this cute boy seems into it. So he flirts and he touches and he serenades the cute boy. Boom, seduction achieved. He's got this. Maybe he can be actively gay now. But everything about the sexy romance trajectory that with Kurt gets sidelined when they're confronted with Karofsky. And Blaine sees that they have this deeper connection that needs to be respected. They are friends, and Blaine really wants to respect that he doesn't understand that you can have that kind of connection with someone you were sexy with because remember he thinks that the high level romance and sex are really 
option for him, and he doesn't want a repeat of the Sadie Hawkins. He's grown and matured. But also, the dummy cannot turn off the love faucet. He can't stop accidentally taking Kurt on dates and touching him and having that connection. (laughs) So he also is right up to the edge with frustration and needs to put his love slip somewhere, which leads us to the Rachel and Jeremiah of it. Rachel, we are supposed to see Rachel and Kurt as a parallel, and they are so the same. If the likes one or the other, it proves he's gay, bi, or straight. Whatever, Glee, that's dumb. But Rachel is a good test of Blaine seeing if he can play through the role of some girl's boyfriend to be okay with it. Drunk Blaine loved kissing Rachel because drunk Blaine is a horn dog in canon. <laughs> but in light of day, she's not what he really wants to smooch. As for Jeremiah, why does Blaine think these coffee dates are real dates? Because his coffee dates with Kurt are real dates. Seriously, this idiot. And Jeremiah, Blaine thinks, comes with less baggage. And how to be gay with because he already is older and can show Blaine can show Blaine the ropes. Would Blaine have had some kind of sex with Jeremiah if Jeremiah reciprocated the interest? Yes. Would his romantic heart have regretted it? Probably. Hmm. So that's kind of a lot. <laughs> but to break yeah. it down, uh, to break it down, I, I kind of see, you know, Blaine is the type of person once he figures out that he's gay, he's all ready to try all the gay things. And mm-hmm. not yes. sure how to express that. Um, he again, as I said, he's off, awfully very naturally like I'm going to hold your hand and I'm going to touch you and I'm going to flirt with you and and doesn't always isn't always aware of the, what he's doing. So Kurt kind of gets sucked into that, and you know Kurt who's dying for it, positive attention from another man, and it's like this nice clicking. You know, it clicks and it's all great. And then when Karofsky happens, Blaine's like, okay, we, I can't do that with this. This person's got to be my friend. I can't. And, and it's a it's a, a good choice for the moment they were in. Um, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that things couldn't develop. But as Snarky says, you know, he has to put, he kind of, like, kind of like he'll do in season four with, with Sam too. He kind of changes his tra- tra- trajectory First, it's Rachel. Maybe I can, you know, be by and Cassina is really good. I like this feeling, but that doesn't work. And then Jeremiah, who is an easy, you know, this guy doesn't have any baggage and, you know, it's kind of fun and he can teach me how to be gay, but it doesn't, again, doesn't work. Um, so I think that's kind of the gist of what she's saying. And I think, I don't know, I really like it, but feel free just to share or to discuss your own opinions. <laughs> I agree with what you said about Rachel. I think, I mean, Blaine was drunk and kissing her felt good. And so thought, oh, well, if it feels good, then I must be into girls too. And so he's willing to give it a shot. But then he's like, nope, super gay. And so that's just what, like, that's the end of that story. Like, I don't think he even thought about it again. Mm Mm-hmm. I find it really interesting that Snarky made a point about how similar Kurt and Rachel are, um, especially mm-hmm. as the series continues, we get a lot of parallels between Blaine and Rachel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> like, uh, it's not necessarily any, like, there's no, I'm not trying to make a point or anything. I just find that to be really interesting. No, it is kind of, I wonder if the show originally kind of, because, yeah, okay, let, let me, let's talk about this for a second. The show likes to do parallels all the time, and what they're doing mm-hmm. is they're kind of sharing, or uh, they're kind of paralleling Finchel with um, with Clayton. And what they do off the bat is try to pair up um, Rachel with Kurt because 
of the like the whole they're they're doing this whole girl thing and and we talk mm-hmm. a lot about this on the Kurt thing on the Kurt podcast about how you you can't you shouldn't even do this with hetero subjects but you cannot define a gay relationship as this is the man and this is the woman but right. at this point Glee is still trying to play by those traditional rules and so Rachel and Kurt desperately wanting something so much are kind of on the same level whereas like Finn and, and Blaine are, are kind of uh, the kind of clueless and not sure how to handle it type things. And it's interesting. It does change throughout this series where, yeah, mm-hmm. Rachel and Blaine kind of end up being more alike than, than Kurt and Rachel. And mm-hmm. it, it's super fascinating. That's a great point. Well, I mean, we have the parallel between Kurt and Rachel, I think. Well, no, it's it's odd because in the first time it's very much like Blaine and Rachel. I don't know. We'll get to this. It's like the two that are going out to to, to lose their virginity in inverted comments. Right. But at the start of that season, there's very clearly out Kurt and Rachel are in a in in cahoots to get to Niada together. And I guess like at what point do we change track? Because I feel like the first time is the fir- is one of the first times we see a real like oh Blaine and Rachel definitely paralleling here well i think it's a gradual thing where i say um not that he 100 wasn't when he started off but they started originally when they started with the blaine he projected more as masculine and i think as the series goes on he becomes as as effeminate as kurt is Mm -hmm. um and i don't know it's it i don't know I just think it's an interesting thing that they 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 let Blaine be more of that. I hate to say the word stereotype, but I don't have a great word for it. That gay stereotype um, as the show came went along, instead of being mm-hmm. you know firmly in masculine, I'm masculine, masculine type. Mm. I don't know. Both Kurt and Blaine though benefit from being fleshed out characters mm-hmm. so that they don't have to fit in certain pigeonholes. Yeah, and correct. so but it's definitely in season two at least is very much playing yeah. the older mentor. <laughs> like yeah. that's that's sort of the extent of his character development really. Yep, exactly. Although I will say, and I think I've I've said this a number of times on other podcasts, especially going back and rewatching Never Been Kissed and the Karofsky stuff, the Karofsky stuff, the Dave stuff, is sort of interesting and a little bit amusing when you know like the whole scheme of the sto- how the whole story ends up yeah but at least <laughs> in this moment um i really like it yeah we definitely talked about that on the transitioning podcast didn't we yeah about, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just i just really it just as i said i also remember the first time i rewatched it after the whole series was over or at least just before season six aired and um I remember it was before season six actually, and I remember just laughing hysterically because I was like, hmm, "Yeah, <laughs> this is what we're doing." <laughs> um, but it worked out fine. You know, it's something that your your thoughts kind of made me think about, though, is that Blaine kind of how do we put this? It seems as though his wanting to make a deeper connection and wanting to please seems to trump um just about anything else really i mean like yes um it's interesting to think let's say krosky was never in the picture and kurt and blaine had met but not under the circumstances of you know blaine needing to 
Uh, he, well, it's Blaine. He's the one who helped Kurt, you know, regardless of if there's Grosky or not. But um, I think it'd be interesting. I wonder if their relationship, and there's like a, probably a zillion, you know, fanfics out here doing this, but with their relationship taken off right then and there, you know. Well, the show was never going to do that because they needed a, well, they weren't there for a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, I I legitimately remember the first time I watched this episode and they were sitting on those stairs and I was like, I was yelling at my television, like, kiss him, <laughs> kiss him. And of course they didn't. Yeah. But in retrospect, you go back and you watch and you go, well, of course they were never going to do that. They needed, you know, yeah. to, to draw out the, the, um, draw it out a bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I have this I in mean, real life. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, I don't know. I mean... Part of me thinks that maybe they would have. It probably would have still been like a slow leading up to. Like I don't think they would have just made out right there. But if you take Karaski out of the out of the equation, I think they probably would have developed a friendship that led into a relationship. Now, do you guys feel that Blaine benefited from the Rachel and the Jeremiah experiences? Yes, because I feel like, I mean, not to get super deep, but everybody, you know, you benefit from every experience you have. It defines you in ways that, you know what I mean? Like, even fictional characters, if you take out an aspect, it change, like it changes, it changes things. And so you're better or worse, you're, you are, you know, I don't want to say defined, but you are made up of the choices that you make. And hmm. the outcomes that come out of them. So, you know, I mean, I just feel like maybe that's a little bit too deep. But that's basically what I'm saying. Like, I think that, <laughs> yes, I, I do think that he benefited from them. Whether or not they worked out the way that he wanted them to or we wanted them to. Besides, if he'd never if he'd never serenaded Jeremiah, we wouldn't have. Got, I, this is because I was on. We, I watched transitioning recently. We would have never gotten that amazing scene in transitioning where he like <laughs> don't even remember his name, and then, oh, sorry, I really love that scene. Yeah, and then they kiss. it's a great scene. It's a great scene. <laughs> but like, but it, it also, you know, it teaches him that there's a right and a wrong way to serenade somebody. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah, and like because if he had done that for Kurt. I would have loved it, but Jeremiah didn't. Well, I don't, I don't know. know. You, Maybe you not the sudden choice. Face, yeah, the faces that Kurt makes during that. I mean, oh, Kurt's jealous. Though. I think Je- yeah. Kurt is very jealous. <laughs> well, but also, yeah, but also like, that, but like, I think if he thought about like, if that was him uh, with that song in in the gap of all faces. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but then yeah. let's think about let's think about how the song reflects what Blaine is at the moment. He's singing that that um, um, when I get you alone song, not really romantic. But then no. he goes to sing somewhere only we know to Kurt a couple of episodes later, as if like he's sort of come learning what love language he needs to be communicating. And if we're saying whether or not these, I think both of those songs are definite performances that actually happen within the narrative. But the ones that happen outside the narrative and a more like like as um, metaphors mm-hmm. like all of them become a little bit more romantic and less well yeah it just makes me sexy. oh sorry go ahead no 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 go ahead i don't know like part of me gets i don't want to say sad but makes me think like because blaine is such a people pleaser it mm-hmm. like 
how do I want to put this in the way that I want it to sound? So he chose those songs because he was trying to impress the person they were directed to. Mm-hmm. So Jeremiah is older, more experienced. He's going to pick a sexy, what he, what he interprets as a sexy, um, when I get you alone song, because that's what he wants to portray to Jeremiah. Whereas Kurt is more about the romance and the, and the deepness. And so he's going to choose a song that like Kurt is going to identify with. And so like, that's kind of like, it's not a bad thing at all because, you know, Kurt of course loves it. And I truly believe that it's it, what's in Blaine's heart, but it's like that, that little piece of me that's like, Oh, the people pleaser in him is choosing what the person wants. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying it the way. No, that, that makes sense. I, I was actually going to, I also think it, it plays into what he thinks like Kurt, not Kurt. Blaine really likes being Kurt's mentor. Like, I can show yes. you all of these things yeah. and I can teach you how to be sexy and look at all the, you know, he's probably kept this in for a long time. Like, he, he's looking up all of this porn and all of the, you know, whatever and, and trying out different things with himself. And like, you know, suddenly here's a person that will listen to him. But I think there's also, you know, like what you said, oh, here's this older guy. I can impress him by talking about mm-hmm. sex toys. Like, and I, you know, he needs that experience of being like, no, honey, this is not, that's not how you, no, you know, so that when he oh, is honey. with Kurt, it's a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more refined. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he, he can learn from Kurt too, you know? And, and so I, yeah, I, you, what you said made absolute sense. So. Well, I think to bring it, to bring it sort of full circle to the way the series ends, and again, this is because I was just on the transition podcast, but it sort of ends with uh, Karofsky telling Blaine to say it, not sing it. And then mm-hmm. so like we, we come full circle where he's not even, he doesn't even want to sing, to serenade anymore. And I know that's a little bit more about Blaine and love than Blaine and sex, but I just. Oh, it's, but I think it's, it's relevant because I know yeah. like, when we talked about Kurt, it wasn't just about sex, but it was about, you know, love and sexuality and romance and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's not like the, the, the things are not disconnected. Definitely. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so kind of getting into him dating Kurt. Well, let's talk about. Can we, we, we need to take a second and talk about this bird fixation. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh my God. I don't even know, but how did it become a thing? It is so funny. I swear to God, it was like a fandom thing. And then whenever they like creators are like, Oh, this is funny. We're going to play off of this. I swear to God, that's what it was. Well, I don't know if it's the birds or, or the conversation, but I feel so horny for you right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> All this bird talk is making me a little horny or whatever. Well, like, oh, Blaine. Come on, bud. Now, let's think about this. Like, what pushes Blaine to actually make a move on Kurt? You know, here's this kid. They've been friends for a long time. They've, You know, he's been rejected by Jeremiah. He realizes he's not actually bi or straight. And um, then Kurt's bird dies and he sings an emotional song. And Blaine's like, oh, yeah, this is it. I want to, you know, what do you think is the, uh, what exactly do you think changes Blaine's mind and, and makes him want to go for Kurt and everything? Well, I mean, I think, so I think that Blaine 
after the whole Karasuki thing, I think Blaine buried his feelings very deeply and then just avoided them like the plague. He was like, mm-hmm. I will be his friend and nothing else. I will do, I will, we will have, like, it just was like, this part of our relationship doesn't exist. I'm not going to acknowledge it. And then the bird dies and Kurt is standing in front of him. And then it, it gets easy too, because, you know, he's always in his school uniform and he's always like present, Kurt is always presenting this like, you know, whatever persona, but then the bird dies and Kurt strips all of that away. Not only that, but it's like a metaphor for Kurt. And so then it's like all of these feelings bubble up and he doesn't know what to do with them because it's like this overwhelm, like this overflowing of emotions. And he's just like, Oh, there you are. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it gets to the point where he can't ignore it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Well, All right. Sort of, sorry. I just oh no, sort of, I did. Wonder how much of it is also like. Well, Kurt, Kurt was never subtle about the fact that he liked Blaine. So, like, no. do, are, we, are we accepting the fact that Blaine knew very well that Kurt wanted to date him? No, does Blaine? But that's that leads to this question. I mean, is Blaine? That because uh, Blaine is a person who gets a lot of positive attention just for you know mm. being charming and cute. Mm. And could Blaine misinterpret that? I mean, because well, like, everybody yeah. likes to talk about how oblivious he is. I don't think he's actually oblivious. I think that he's just conditioned to accept praise and admiration in a certain way because he's always been praised or admonished. For mm-hmm. his great voice, for his excellent piano skills, for being able to charm a room. You know what I mean? Like, those are all things that he can do and he's not, like, he doesn't, he doesn't have any self-confidence or not, not that's not, that's not um, self-doubt about those things because they're things he can do. So, like, it's easy for him to be like, oh, well, he just thinks that I'm charming or he just thinks that I'm a good singer or he just thinks that I'm a good dancer or he just thinks that I'm good at this and it doesn't it's not that he's oblivious it's that he doesn't realize that there's more to Kurt's feelings than what everybody else is feeling yeah it's interesting just as a complete aside which we may or may not get into I don't um it just you know here's Blaine who is um you know, just used to being told, wow, you're really attractive and really, you know, wonderful Blaine and everything. And that's going to play into when, like, he's feeling less than attractive and not getting mm-hmm. attention when, yes. when he's going to start pulling away emotionally. But we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. We all had a heap of ideas go, all at once. Yeah. <laughs> like, Sorry, uh, I'm like, here's an idea. Let's talk about it later. I, <laughs> I sometimes have a hard time jumping in. Um, but oh, um, fine. So, so to talk about the um, why he went for Kurt when he did, why he had that realization, is like, what was he actually looking for? Because like, he went to Jeremiah with a song about mm-hmm. not about relationships at all. Um, it's about sex. It was about mm-hmm. that's that's what he was saying he wanted. Um, and like his respect, like again, going back to his conversation with Bert, he has so much more respect than that 
for Kurt at that point already. That like he's Kurt is is not the kind of guy that you just go for sex with. So um so he's looking for that and he's also saying like I'm I'm not good in relationships I or like I, I don't have any experience in relationships or what whatever he said um when Kurt said that he liked him. Um it's like so maybe that's not what he's he's looking for or maybe he's scared of like actually looking into that because like he doesn't feel good enough for Kurt. Like he won't admit mm-hmm. that to himself, but he doesn't like feel like he is good enough to be with Kurt that Kurt deserves more than him. Makes sense to think about. It does. It's not that I don't agree with you because I do, but I think it's more of an unconscious thing. It's not a conscious like, well, I'm not good enough for Kurt. It's more of a He's not even, he doesn't even realize that that's the way he feels. Yeah. He's, you know, he's 14, 15, not 14. He's 15, <laughs> oh 15 17 years old. Like, he just doesn't understand what those emotions are and how to deal with them. Like, you know what I mean? Well, you know, I mean, oh, go ahead, honey, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, I was just going to just say, like, it, it feels like Kurt is a little bit more emotionally mature than Blaine is. At least from what this this conversation is leading. I only, like, to the extent that I feel like Kurt, at least at this point in the series, and with this song especially, he's so emotionally vulnerable Mm -hmm. when he sings Blackbird. And at this point, I don't think we've seen Blaine be emotionally vulnerable, at least through music at all. We don't think we've seen him be emotionally vulnerable really at all. And then interesting. Oh, go ahead, Izzy. As the series progresses, especially with things like the live version of Teenage Dream and Against All Odds, like, we see... Blaine does start to use music to be emotionally vulnerable, mm-hmm. but I think it's part of him having this moment is seeing somebody else putting everything on the line and not caring. Like it was, Kurt doesn't care if he's being emotional and the warblers might judge him or look at him. Right. He's singing a song for a bird, but Blaine looks at it, looks at it and kind of goes, Oh my God, you can do this. Like mm-hmm. he's doing this. <laughs> and it, Kurt is like bearing his soul and Blaine sees something in that. And that's when right. he realizes. Mm-hmm. I think that Kurt is more emotionally aware. I think he's more emotionally aware of what, what his feelings are and what they mean. And Blaine is a little bit more emotionally, uh, I mean, unaware seems very, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like, I think like, it's going to change though. Yeah, it's I think definitely going to change. It's gonna, it's gonna fl- it, it's Kurt's gonna get stuck, and and yeah, uh, uh, we're gonna I, right. And one on the last thing I want to mention before we get into the dating Kurt part of it, um, is that Blaine kind of it also. I mean, yeah, he's a big romantic heart, but I do think he connects sex to it in a way that Kurt uh-huh. doesn't. I mean, Kurt's yeah. all like movie romance and you know fade to black and all that, and and Blaine is like sex, like is related to that stuff. So that's why like. If had Jeremiah said, "Yeah, I'm interested," he would have slept with Jeremiah right off of the bat. Of course, he would have. And it's, uh, I think that he would have, you know, had he not had 
um, cause he, like, again, he doesn't have the same influences that Kurt had. Um, he's gonna just like start to use sex as a way to try and find intimacy cause he doesn't know any better. Yeah. And so, so basically anyway. if, if, Kat, if Lane hadn't met Kat or at least hadn't dated Kat, he would he, I, I dislike this, this term, but I'm kind of going to use it just as the way that it, it sounds like we're heading in. Would he have been a little bit of a man whore? <laughs> you know, I want to say yes, but not, you're right. It's it's like, yeah. I hate to use that word, but. It's, yes, I, I hate to use the word, but. I mm-hmm. think it would have been very. A little promiscuous. Yes. There we yes. Thank you. That's a little bit nicer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think, like, one thing you have to think about is that, like, even, like, t- it, it was only 10 years ago, but. Um, 10 years ago, like gay marriage wasn't all across the U S and like, it was just like getting started talking about, um, in like just a couple States and they didn't live in one of those States at all. And so like, what, what did, um, Blaine know about being a gay man is like, it always comes back to this to me that like, he might've had the idea that gay men don't get married they and you know being in conservative ohio the idea of gay men like he's proud to be gay but he might get this story like gay gay men sleep around a lot and like especially in college and and younger gay men they they're just like that you know and so like maybe he hasn't in his mind that that's what his experience is going to be like. Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely. So it's like Kurt introduced him to the idea that he can have romance too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I, going off of what you said, yeah, I think that, you know, he would have, if he had found somebody else and we'll definitely talk about Sebastian in a little bit. um, First, (laughs) He could have gone down this path where he he wouldn't really believe that relationships might not be real. Like people want him, people want sex from him. That's going to validate him. So he 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 had the potential of going down a very not you know a not romantic relationship oriented path. And I think he would have been just a sad little ball of blame um, because that's what he really wants. Kurt saved so. him. <laughs> he, he does. <laughs> well, and, and as Snarky always said, they're each other's princes. And this is why yeah. I really believe that. Like, yes, they you know, saved Blaine, each other. Exactly. Blaine was definitely there for a time when and, and did save Kurt. But Kurt also saved Blaine. So, oh. All right. So getting into um, the, the dating Kurt part of it, um, Snarky writes... Holy shitballs, he is getting everything he wants. Romance, fun, kissing, and understanding. I do think Blaine thought he was ready for below the equator before Kurt brought it up. I do think Blaine never brought it up because of all of the outer inner standards of who he wants to be and his possible discomfort of being rejected. And really, there are just some things easier easier being left up to Kurt. Once Mm -hmm. Kurt is on board, though, it's going to be worth it. The first time episode outright says... What all of us is thinking, Blaine masturbates all the time, probably <laughs> after every date with Kurt. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm going to read you her thing on masturbation because she says, are you blushing, Pam? Well, you know what, Snarky, you're going to blush when I read this. You're going to regret that you weren't on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready. I love you. you're, you're mentioning her name like every other word. <laughs> it's like, because Snarky well, said this. 
Yeah, like, I'm gonna, I just preface it, I, I don't think like Blaine, and I don't always mm-hmm. understand how he relates to the world. There are a couple times I do, but, like, for the most part, so, like, she, and plus I don't have an outline, so, um, <laughs> she was kind enough to write all of this up for me, and, and is really good at kind of being able to see things from all of these characters, different points of view. And I, I really respect that. So that's why I, I am reading a lot of this, but this is just kind of hilarious. And um, I'm going to see if I can make you guys blush. So um, <laughs> what exactly is Blaine doing? Well, it takes a thousand and anything to become an expert. And let's be real. That is what Blaine wants to be. He has read all the pamphlets. I do <laughs> think he watches porn. He has favorites and it does help with seeing how some of the mechanics can function. He, he driven to the sex. He's driven to the sex shop the next town over and bought himself some high quality lube, a little vibrator dildo, and then a larger one, and a sexy plaid <laughs> thong that he hides deep in the back of his underwear drawer. A plaid Blaine, thong. <laughs> I, I have to ask her about that. Blaine gets comfortable with his body, with how things work and what's work works best for him. The first time he fingers himself while masturbating, he comes like crazy. Eventually, he's used up all the lube and returns to the store to get that <laughs> and a butt <laughs> and a butt plug and a prostate simulator. <laughs> Blaine is gay and is going to be as gay as they can often as often as they can at this age. And in the privacy of their own room and his own mind really does become an expert. In his own mind, he really becomes an expert. He learns what he likes and starts to feel comfortable in his in his more naked skin. His body is literally ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I, I mean, all kind of giggling aside about Snarky's head cannons about Blaine's uh, sexual toys. Um, what I actually think she says is it's actually kind of you know interesting because it's another one of these times where Blaine is going to help Crit up because of the fact that he he loves sex and he loves this idea of being gay and trying you know uh, things that would constitute as gayer than what a straight man might do. Um, he has explored and, and Kurt hasn't Kurt is just because of who Kurt is Mm -hmm. he doesn't do that stuff so when yeah they start dating and it's all you know whatever and and Kurt kind of sets the boundaries and Blaine's okay with that because Blaine wants to please and so um but when they are time when it's time for them to actually do things um and I'll read what Snarky says has to say on that in a minute um he's okay like he's gonna probably take the lead a little bit because mm-hmm. kurt's not gonna be you know kurt wants her to have sex too but it's just he probably hasn't done as much research as blaine has right yeah and but blaine's also- probably stopping every two seconds to say is this okay this is okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. Which, which people is what you're supposed to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um i I think that's true that he probably takes the lead at the beginning, but like, I don't know, you watch the, the wedding episode and I don't think that lead lasts forever. No, no. but I think Blaine is also <laughs> happy to, um, to, well, let me just read what she has to say about this. Cause then, and then we'll talk about Sebastian in a minute, but, um, <laughs> The, I want to go to your house part. Woohoo! Kurt is on board. Blaine is relieved and excited, almost as excited as I am. <laughs> That's snarky. <sort> of <laughs> uh, 
Uh, the two of them have not discussed any real details about what's happening below the equator. I think they both know that it is a conversation that leads to sex and they were avoiding it. So they're not really ready. Uh, they are not really on the same page about what they're going to do. They kiss and grind and Blaine gets a hand job because Curtis feeling particularly brazen. It's great. Blaine asks if he can return the favor because he has read fan fiction and that is what you say. <laughs> which is which Kurt is very okay with, but then Blaine goes in for the blowjob and Kurt is floored. Blaine has been practicing, but still, this is his first foray into the actual dick, so when Kurt comes quickly, there is a bit of a jerk back, and Blaine gets cum all over his gel <laughs> That's so not oh, even meta. <laughs> <laughs> the snarky. The <laughs> snarky. You're just starting to read fan fiction here. Where's Snarky's fix? Excuse me. <laughs> I know. It gets, Excuse right. me. <laughs> Yes, Snarky says, this headcanon is important to me. Also, more puns. Um, are they done? Nope. Remember the condom on the floor? Um, once they've started, they're not going to want to stop. And if Kurt is in a penny for his... And if Kurt is in for a penny, he is in for a pound. And Blaine was all in for anything as soon as Kurt was on board. So they talk about having anal sex in the eloquent, do you want to? Yes, do you? Yes. And then Blaine goes to his lockbox and gets supplies. Remember, my Kurt had canon about how he thinks, yeah, this is actually, I think this is kind of important, but um, in snarky style um how about do you remember my head canon about how he kurt thinks that he will be bottoming kurt asks how he should position himself on the bed and blaine is confused but figures he can cowboy it up and tell kurt to lay on his back kurt has read the pamphlets but complies then blaine straddles him and they have the conversation kurt what are you this is here's your fan picture guys kurt uh what are you doing up there blaine well i'm about to put a condom on you i think i can control how things are uh go from better up there but first i want to flip over at some time at some point uh kurt excuse me what blaine i want to you know from once uh, gosh i want <laughs> she needs an editor really i want <laughs> <laughs> i think you're i love you Starkey. <laughs> we're, uh, we're all editing here listening her. to some fan fiction yeah we're all uh, editing epic now <laughs> some <smart laughs> <laughs> I want you to, you know, from behind once I get comfortable. Kurt says, I'm sorry. I need a moment to reboot brain and not come. Do you want to do you want me to top? Blaine says, Yes, of course. I've been practicing. Kurt, heavy breathing. Okay, let's try it that way. Wow, okay, let's do that. And Blaine has his first chance to be gay and he's going to be as gay as he can. He's been waiting to have it all <laughs> the romance, the sex, the emotional connection, and that moment he does. Yay! And then, and then, what she needs to do if she's writing the fic right is to put in a line that is, uh, uh, "We should practice." I thought we were, and then they go again. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, my the point is, I could have totally summarized it, but again, I she didn't, she couldn't be on this one, so I felt like you know, um, she's gonna hate me. Um, <laughs> basically, or her, the point that she really gets at, which I think is important, is that they go into this assuming that they're going to have these traditional roles. Kurt is the quote-unquote girl. He's going to be the one bottoming and whatever, whatever. And Blaine's like, no, I want to be gay. I want to, you know, do all of that. I want to bottom first. And yes, I do think they'll eventually switch it up every time. But I do think it's something that, you know, Blaine wanting to bottom and wanting to be gay takes the pressure off Kurt, who doesn't really want to fill that traditional stereotype gay girl role and it starts to really work for them yeah the only the only thing that i the only issue i'm not issue the only thing that i 
have always had canon is I never thought that they did do any sort of penetrative sex in the first time. That was just a thing that I personally... Oh, sure. I mean, this can happen whenever. I mean... Yeah. I was just wondering whether any of you guys had an, like, I don't know, like, do you think Blaine specifically thinks of sex as penetrative sex, or do you think he thinks of any of these kind of sexual acts as sex? See, I think I kind of think that he thinks of any of it. I think Kurt is a little more like, oh, this particular act is probably the sexual act. And But uh, Blaine, whatever, if he's, you know, going all the way with it, then I think that's that's just my headcanon. But then again, I, like I said, I don't claim to. I, I think it is all headcanon. It, it is all, like, fandom. Because, I don't know, in canon, I think they've always kind of had the virgin equals non or penetration equals de-virginating. Like, that's what I, I've always gotten from canon. It's never explicit, so it's like, it's all conjecture. But, um, but at the same time, I, I like to think that they didn't go from, like, we don't touch b- below the waist, which... It's so stupid for like teenage boys. Like, <laughs> well, and I think we—I don't remember if we talked about this on the Kurt podcast that much, but there's all that time between they started date when they started dating the first time, and I think there were things that they did do. I do think they ground up on each other a little bit. I do think they, you know, touched definitely yeah, above the equator. Do, it's no you hands do below the belts. but you can do a it lot doesn't of mean other body parts below the belts couldn't. Yeah. Need each other, right? Shirtless so. grinding. Yep, <laughs> I do think that is a thing that they did. Um, and it's it is. I mean, it's one of those things. Also, they are teenagers in a household of like a lot of other people. Um, it's not like they were doing this uh, as much as fan fiction would like it. They realistically, they probably didn't have a whole lot of chance. A lot of times, they could do things. So sometimes. I don't know. Like, I don't think they were like having full on penetrative sex all the time. I think it, you know. I don't know. I like the fandom. Like, uh, Blaine's parents were never home, so that yeah. they, they got on, got it on whenever they wanted to. Like, I'll go for that. <laughs> when when do you think they had the conversation? Like, the no hands above the equator thing. Were they like Over making out on a bed at some point, and then Blaine? Oh went yeah. To, like, think about. All right, I'm going to write my own fan fiction. Okay, so it's summer. <laughs> and, you know, they go to the pool with their friends and everything. And they get all wet. And they, you know, get back to their car and they're making out. And I do think Blaine was a little bit like, let's try and explain. Like, I think that Blaine is a type to, let's see what my boundaries are. And, mm. you know, starts to move his hands places. And Kurt's like, okay, I don't think I'm ready for that. Um, that's just my own head Probably cannon. like, wait, wait, wait. And he and Blaine pulls back. He's like, "What? I, sorry, sorry." And and Kurt's probably like, "How about we just do hands above the belt, above the equator?" And and that then that's that. Yep. I mean that line in in the first time where where Blaine says, "You know, I want you to be comfortable so I can be comfortable." Is you know, pretty telling. That's, yeah. that's like the epitome of Blaine, the people pleaser, though, because I'm sure, of mm-hmm. course, he was going to respect Kurt's boundaries, but also, like, he's probably like, oh, but I really wanted that, but yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to wait. Well, why do you think he but brings up masturbation in that scene? I mean, it's like, okay, well, that's fine. I'm going to keep masturbating until you're ready, but okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Just so you know, 
Um, let's talk about Sebastian real quick. Um, yes. This is what Snarky <laughs> says about Sebastian. Um, does Blaine have any real interest in Sebastian? Nope. Does Sebastian showing up make Blaine think about how much he'd like to be having sex with Kurt and not just yeah. thinking about it? Yes, indeed. I mm-hmm. think that when Blaine gets drunk at Scandals and they have that moment in the car when Kurt is on top and of him brings it to the front of his mind, all the muscle memory of laying on his bed and imagining it. His inhibition and lower are his inhibitions are lowered because of the alcohol, and he isn't able to resist where his mind goes. And when Kurt says no, they fight, and he is ashamed. Yeah, I think his walk off is is more of embarrassment and shame than yes. than like anger. He's probably like anger angry for two seconds, and then his like just completely embarrassed. Like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Oh my god, yes. I'm so like. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I don't think the backseat had anything to do with Sebastian. No, no. I like, uh, yeah, I I think uh, Blaine is fascinated with Sebastian, like as a person, like, wow, you lived in Paris. Wow. You, you drink booze in your coffee. Like, (laughs) okay. The only thing, (laughs) only thing with Sebastian and I even hesitate to say this because I feel like it's a very touchy subject is that Kurt clearly had feelings of whatever around Sebastian and Blaine didn't really realize that they were as strong as they were because Kurt is so mm-hmm. biting with his comments. I think Blaine just felt like he could take care of himself, mm-hmm. but I don't know. That might be a conversation for another podcast. Yeah, this, this is one. We should have a uh, clean, uh, clean and Sebastian podcast. Yeah, <laughs> no, because I have. I, oh I, Lord, help me! I read. I read a lot. I mean, I, I enjoy sibling pick a lot. Um, I just it makes me wonder because I've read enough. I've read some that have hypothesized that if Blaine had stuck around at Dalton, he and Sebastian might have had a relationship, and others, which are a little bit more, you know, claim focused, suggest that had that happened, you know, Sebastian basically would have had sex with Blaine and then just kind of like dumped him to the side, and it was like Blaine would have gotten what he wanted in that, you know, he would have gotten sex. He would have gotten to to feel what it, to feel like acting mm-hmm. on being gay but he would have had none of the connection and the connection was what he actually really wanted right i remember i always kind of had canoned the um the sebastian and blaine relationship in near misses the thick near misses oh I always yeah. Like, yeah yeah that's how i always assumed that if, if yep. they had had a relationship that was a, that would have been how i would have pictured it had it going yep. yep that's like i can see and this is kind of like if you know, some it's kind of like the stuff with Jeremiah. Only Sebastian isn't as uh, I, we don't we don't really know much about Jeremiah, but I could say he's like nicer than Sebastian. Sebastian wants sex than whatever, mm-hmm. and Blaine would make the mistake of you know wanting more from that from Sebastian, and he doesn't mm-hmm. get it, so it would lead to all these issues. But he'd still keep having sex because yeah. you know Sebastian wants sex still, and I just think it's emotionally. An awful situation to be in. So I yes. mean, anybody can ship who they want to. I just personally can't get there with Sebastian. Um, I just think it would be 
not a great That's, situation, especially for Blaine. That's season three, Sebastian. Season four, Sebastian changes everybody. <laughs> <laughs> However, we'll, we'll talk about this when we get to season six. Why I think Karoski was the better choice um, than Sebastian, but we'll we'll save that. Yeah, I think Sebastian would have hurt Clayton more. I mean, I, I know a lot Blaine of people more. are really... We'll talk then, about this at Karofsky, but... Yeah. <laughs> but then, okay, so um, we talked a little bit before about how somewhat oblivious perhaps Blaine was to Kurt's feelings. Are we then to assume that Blaine was completely oblivious to how Sebastian was, like, definitely coming on to him? And he was just like, oh, no, I think this cute guy just, just wants to chat to me. <laughs> like, I honey. was being uh, intentionally he, obtuse about it. He realized it. it, but it was awkward, so he, like, just was like... Okay, this is fine. Okay, whatever. I mean, it's um, a, it's a hard line to to walk. If I understand Blaine correctly, I think there's a part of him that's like, "Wow, this guy is really forward, and he, you know, likes me. That's kind of nice attention." And you know, okay, but you know what? I'd rather be with my boyfriend. But thanks for the compliments. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs up. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, like there's that scene where, where I don't know. I just can I can see because I can see Darren is blind saying it. There's a thing with Sue, and she says something. Or no, oh, yeah. it's with Puck when Puck it's, says, it's you know, the shot glass. Boy. Drink till she's cute, yeah. and he's like, "Thank you." Huh? Yeah. Where, <laughs> There's another one with Sue. I don't yeah. know which one. Yeah, like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, I think that, that there's one with Becky too. Yeah. Oh my yeah. With Sue and Becky. Oh actually. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. There's like a gift set that has That's, like, yeah. all, all of them yeah. together. Where he's just like. Um, and there's one with Puck when he says, you know, you guys help me through this, even you Blaine. And he's like, yeah. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think he just pulls the face. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel the whole thing with Sebastian is. Um, it's very flattering. Yeah. And and I, I mean, think Blaine doesn't and, have the and, tools to say, you know, he is so, even with Kurt, I think, you know, like you were talking earlier about how he didn't really have any friends Having someone be constantly like, you're amazing, Blaine. I think you're just the best thing ever. Well, that's nice. These people over here kind of just don't like me that much, but that's nice to get positive attention. And he doesn't necessarily interpret it as as much as, or not want, intentionally not interpreting it the way Sebastian really means it. Mm-hmm. How how do we compare this to um, Chandler later? Because Sure. Um, the, the, okay, so... Kurt is more aware, I think, of what's going on. I think that Kurt uh-huh. is like, here's my here's yes. my boyfriend who is not giving me, he's not sleeping with me, he's not sexting me, he's not telling me that I'm one, he's like, Blaine is always like, Kurt, you're amazing, and he's going to tenderly tell Kurt that he loves him and how beautiful he is and everything, like, and he stops, and we'll get into why in just a second, but he stops that. And so Kurt... N- is desperately wanting that validation. And here's this guy who's going to New York and telling him he's amazing. And so for five seconds, Kurt's like, yeah, okay. Well, my boyfriend's not doing this for me, this guy. And it's, he's not going to like, he would not go any farther because the minute, the second Blaine is like, Hey, I'm still into you. Okay. He drops Chandler like, a you know, right. whatever. Or not even that the moment that Blaine is like, this is hurtful. Yeah, you know, Kurt thinks about it, and he's done. Like he's like, okay, well, not at the moment. Well, no, Kurt is offensive, and it takes a 
a Whitney Houston song. <laughs> but I I think that I think Kurt is more aware of the things that he's doing. Yeah. Um, I think Blaine is just a, he is, I do think he is a little bit oblivious or di- not always as aware of how his actions have consequences. Um, I think it also, sorry, Pam. No, I, I was going to say, whereas Kurt is very deliberate in what he does. That's all. And I think it also just goes back to him just not being very aware of his own emotional you know, depth or uh, emotional uh, capabilities. He's just mm-hmm. not, he gets better as it, as he gets older, but he also is very young and he doesn't yeah. really know how to deal with these things. You know, it's, it feels good. It feels good that Sebastian is complimenting him. It feels good that he, you know, it doesn't take a, in his brain, it doesn't take away from the fact that Kurt also, has those feelings for him but it also is just like it it, it just doesn't it's a, it's a complicated emotion that even adults have issues with <laughs> so it's hard for for people to expect him to just know that that's not an appropriate way for someone to behave around him right. and he can also like he can have that denial that this is not why I'm seeking it out. It's because he's a warbler because mm-hmm. we're both in show choir because we have a lot of in common. And like, that's why I'm his friend. Like it's, you know, just a side thing that he gives me compliments and like, mm-hmm. it's obviously attracted to me and, and have that denial that like, that, that it feels good is one of the reasons he, he is friends with Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think part of it, the difference between like the Chandler situation and the Sebastian situation, is it's very clear that Blaine, and as much as the show never really addresses this again, is that Blaine thought that what Kurt was doing was essentially emotionally cheating on him. Where I think what was going on with Sebastian was that Blaine never, never saw that relationship as anything other than this guy is my friend. He says some nice things about me, but I don't like. They don't affect me in the way that when Kurt does it. It affects me. And what was but. happening with Chandler, what was happening with Chandler was what Chandler was doing was what Blaine was doing and Kurt was accepting those compliments the same way he would as if Blaine was doing them. And that's the difference between the two, But also, um, at least in my that, opinion. Right. I actually agree. And I also think that when the thing happens with Chandler, it makes Blaine more aware of what happened with Sebastian. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. It, it makes him think, oh this is how Kurt felt when this was happening with Sebastian. I didn't realize that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it brings that awareness up. Yeah. But the thing is, is that Blaine was not taking those compliments. I think the same way that Kurt was. No. So while, while, no. Yeah. Well, Blaine doesn't, it's kind of interesting because Blaine always needs a, a constant validation in a certain yeah. way, but it's uh, with Kurt. Kurt is, oh God, it's just different. Um, I don't know how I can explain this. Um, you know, Blaine always needs to be told how wonderful he is, and he's constantly needing that validation. Kurt is a kid who relies on his own self-validation, and then he got a taste of Blaine, you know, telling him how wonderful and amazing he is. And when that was taken away from him, you know, because most of his life, you know, his his dad is, you know, you're doing a great job. You know, again, you know, he he 
or, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell myself, nobody else tells me I'm doing great. So I'm gonna tell myself. So when somebody he loves and trusts stops doing that for him, mm-hmm. there's something wrong. So he's going to, he's like, okay, well, this guy's going to do it. So I'm going to, but it's just kind of a, I, you know, like I said, Kurt's more deliberate. He knows that this guy's going to just fill this need while Blaine's busy, you know, going through whatever he's going through. Mm-hmm. But it isn't, I don't know if I'm making any sense because they both need validations. They're just in different ways. And I think mm-hmm. that Kurt is not, not, when he's not having that from Blaine, he gets very, very insecure about Blaine specifically, not just whereas Blaine, if he just needs it from everybody. I don't know if I'm well, making he's any also sense. really insecure because he's he's not sure about his future and dealing with a lot of those things like yeah. with the Miata auditions and everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he okay, needs so, the the validation and he's yeah. not getting it. Yeah. So kind of going, I'm going to read more of what um, Snarky wrote because it kind of gets into this a little bit. Um, once you this, going back to the sex specifically, once you start doing it, you're not going to stop. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is true. Though Clay does not have as much opportunity of being along as fanfiction would like. Kurt's house is filled with people all the time, including Rachel, who does not get the hint. But they take the time when they when they can in their safe places. They do not risk sex in a parked car somewhere obscure because they are in Ohio and underage, and they do not put themselves at that risk. Blaine's parents are gone plenty, and there are. Often open afternoons as well. It gives the two of them a chance to try out all kinds of things they like, hands, mouths, frotting, and switching it up, and they get a repertoire of favorites. On the uh, season three lesbian bed death, Blaine is someone mm-hmm. who keeps the emotional physical connection together with big gest- gestures, big and small. He compliments and touches and makes himself available and encourages the connection cons- constantly. When Blaine pulls away physically, it is a clear sign that something is amiss. He's, he has given his heart to Kurt and will not be in it with his body when his heart isn't going to getting what it needs. This is important because he starts to be able to express his, this is important because he starts to be able to express his own needs in a way that way Kurt can begin to hear them and try to make changes in his behavior towards Blaine. What it's kind of going along with what we said that. I'm just not thinking clearly. I'm trying to, I'm, I've got a thought. I know what I want to say, but I, I'm trying to uh, see. I Blaine, I, you know, it's just not coming. We're just going to go on. We're just going to go okay. on again. Okay. So um, what starts to happen in the ending of season three leading up to, I think we're going to get into like, what leads up to this cheating stuff? Um, and here we've got, you know, Kurt, who is being a kind of oblivious to Blaine and his needs. And Kurt, or not Kurt, and Blaine feeling like he is not being wanted or accepted. Um, he starts to pull away and in that pulls away f- physically. And um, when he pulls away physically, that ignites Kurt's insecurities. So he starts to pull away more emotionally. Mm-hmm. And then it's just this rapid downward spiral that just doesn't work. And that is when I think Blaine kind of hitting rock bottom, thinking that Kurt doesn't want him anymore, you know, 
just kind of reaches out for the first thing that he thinks will make him feel better. And, mm-hmm. you know, if my boyfriend is not, you know, giving me all of that I need, then, you know what, maybe I can at least feel good about myself through sex and mm-hmm. calls up or, you know, here's Eli C. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about this guy who you know, randomly friends somebody on Facebook. That's a little weird. Like, oh I'd be God. concerned. Um, um, I always had in the headcanon that they actually were friends from a long time before. Like yeah. it's kids. Mm-hmm. Or like yeah. maybe maybe like a middle school okay. person. I hope so. Like, I, or met right. at a like a gay Ohio event or something. Yeah, something, or like scandals or something. Scandals. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. he didn't just find him on Facebook one night. Well, he said, you know what I said though in the like, not to shoot holes because like I like that, but he. The guy says, you know, oh, I'm not like my profile picture. Yeah, he'd never seen him yeah, before. That's yeah, that's true. So oh, okay. his profile picture is a lighthouse. <laughs> there, okay, <laughs> one of my all-time favorite pieces of fan art is by Kendra from Kendra Kendra. And it and it, and and it's the piece of um I should bring it up. It's the the piece like it goes. Is it because I don't look like my profile picture? And it's like I, I, it was a lighthouse and Blaine says something like it wouldn't have even fit. It wouldn't have stopped me from trying. It's one of my favorite pieces. I should find it. I know oh, I've got that's it. Great. Today. <laughs> Kendra, Kendra's fan art. I miss it intensely because mm. it was amazing. Definitely well, made me so happy. Um, I, I think the major problem I have with like the breakup, like I, I love the, the breakup. Like I love, I, I like it. I mean, as a clean fan, I, I hate it, but like I yeah. thought narratively yeah. it was very interesting, yeah. um, to, for, um, uh, Blaine's growth. It was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but the timing between like the, the first episode of the year and um, the breakup was too short for like a believable movement away. I, I felt at least like that. Well, um, and the only reason I'm, I don't disagree with you. Um, I do think though, Glee likes to tell reuniting stories more than actual breakup stories. So I yeah. feel like this was like, let's just get this breakup. They do it season six too. Let's just get this out of the way and then we'll start to build them up again because it's yeah. the only way Blee, 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 Glee knows that's how to. What, that's what it is. It's Glee. <laughs> Glee. Um, the way Glee tells its stories. It's it's yeah. just sometimes, sometimes I feel like we've got to look through this at the context of how it's being written and who it's being written by because yeah, some of these exactly. things don't make sense. And if you don't. look at other couple breakups, Ingley, this is like treated the nicest. Yeah. Well, maybe Santana and Brittany, which that was mm. a weird breakup, but yeah. Um, well, I you know, and one thing I I kind of going back to my own meta on the breakup. Last time I watched it when we were doing the rewatch. They're telling mm-hmm. one breakup story among three couples, really. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um uh-huh. so um and and glee kind of does this with all of their relationships they break them up so to get them back together but also in this like it just there's a lot of cheating involved there's a lot of you know mm-hmm. they tell the same story over and over again and yeah that's indicative of any kind of writer is going to have a style and ryan murphy apparently was i guess i guess what i found out from ryan murphy like through other people and all the sorts and being around a fandom for the last 10 years and everything that apparently some mean girl in high school, like, 
was just awful to him. And so he like slept with her boyfriend. <laughs> so I that connects all of this tropes, the jockey uh-huh. guy, the cheating, the mean girls. I feel like it's all starting to make sense to me. Um, <laughs> but it just in his in at least within Glee, I can't say I've watched a lot of his other stuff. Um, there's just the same kind of tropes that come up in, uh, over and over again with with this kind of stuff. So well, in in the other breakups, like the cheating isn't like in in other cheating stories in Glee, it's not. <laughs> treated as as is such a terrible sin yeah. as much as it is well in Queen, I, I feel I will slightly disagree because I think um I can't believe I'm gonna go into this but with Jake and Marley <laughs> um that, <laughs> that, that's I mean, the one you that one <laughs> Jake and is just painted as a bad guy. Like he just randomly decides to sleep with Bree and it's just nasty and awful. And, and there are a lot of similarities there with the Blaine storyline, but it just like, at least Blaine gets to come out looking like a good guy and Jake just doesn't. And this is a broken human being. It's really kind of sad. Like, yeah. God, why did they decide to do this? To, to yeah, you know, I don't have any interest in the newbies at all, but like just the, it, I, yeah, I, I think I like pushed that one out of my mind. Yeah, yeah that's what it's <laughs> like. That, that didn't make any sense. They just like didn't want yeah. them dating anymore and wanted to Pretty add much. another character to our our show. Uh, but, <laughs> but um, um with, I think. But that... I still think that I I do think that it was treated with severity. Like it was treated like not a oh you know boys boys have needs like. Or, well, yeah, I was, but I know. wasn't gonna say that. I think fandom was harsher on it than the show was. Oh gosh, I, yeah. I really don't see. I mean, Kurt is rightfully angry, and they go through their own stuff, and but I do think that, you know, Kurt's actually rather forgiving of it. Um, it's really fandom that just latched on to this because they wanted to be angry about something or wanted blame or, you know, and they, it, it just got to be really nasty and stuff. So I, I, I just, is the, the blame is an abusive. Oh my God. Yeah. Whatever. So, okay, yeah not. Just, just, just for a snapshot in fandom at the time. Cause I vividly remember it. I mean, the, that episode, they'd been building up to that episode, and not only do they choose to use, like, the song that the two of them, you know, the first song that Blaine sung in this circumstance, this all happened. The show went on a hiatus for, what, like, six weeks, and everyone was kind of just left to stew in what had just happened. And um, that, I think, like, there were people who disliked Blaine for a really long time, and all of a sudden now they finally had, like, proper ammunition to be like Blaine is a shitty human being look at this and it was sort of and it was just I mean with everybody already being upset with what had happened and being so loud and vocal not great yeah they not only said he was horrible they they said he was abusive yep yeah and also implied not just implied that he's the rapist yeah, yeah, that 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 whole. I mean, they've been saying that since the first time, unfortunately. And I yeah. sometimes, and it's, it's terrible. I know I didn't want to bring it up when we were talking about it before, but sometimes, like, 
you can't not watch that that scene in the car anymore without their gross, disgusting commentary in the back of your mind. And it's almost ruined it for me. And it makes oh, me well, honestly I'm quite sad. Oh, so. yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> this is just something that's, that's happened to me. And I really, really dislike it. Oh, no, no, me too. Because, like, the... <laughs> I I found them in like fifth season and and it colored like every time Blaine did something I was like oh they're gonna think this yeah it, yeah like it it ruined it a bit for me oh, like, man. Just, I just want to give you Blaine stands a hug and some <laughs> serious <laughs> PTSD from <laughs> random oh um, man here's but my yeah no, I went went through it a bit uh, when the when the uh, the breakup aired. And this is the thing, is that you say that it didn't didn't really have any foundation. And the only reason I disagree with that is because I was on I was on the episode we did four I was on with the other Australians, I think we did four oh three. And if you rewatch four oh three, which is very easy to forget to do because the breakup is a big thing that that happens, there's a lot of foundation happens in the episode before it, I think. At least mm-hmm. in to 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 an extent that kind of definitely hints that something big is about to happen. Well, and I, you can even argue, I would actually argue that you can go all the way back to the middle of season three. And yeah, we can go back to the first, yeah. you can go back to the first episode where Blaine says something like, you know, it's going to lead to a horrible, nasty break. You can actually, you know what that. though? And I've, I've always said this and, and really we, we should save these topics for the Blaine arc, but, um, uh, you can go back to born this way because that's when the split, really starts to happen when Kurt moves back, then they're on different pages. But anyway, mm-hmm. let's get back to this topic. So, okay. the, so the only thing, the only thing that made me mad and I go back to this because I joked that I'd make a Twitter account and I tweet this line to Ryan Murphy every single day. And I did for a couple of months or a couple of weeks was that in, in dance with somebody, he, he dedicates that song, the Blee song to anyone who's ever been cheated on. And it's sort of like, kind of hypocritical honey because of what ends up happening <laughs> but it, it, i would argue it we're all hypocritical i mean i know and, <laughs> they're teenagers Every i know they're gonna something. be whenever and, okay. anybody does anything immature and out of character i'm like ah, oh, it's a teenager <laughs> yeah. but the I, amount I, of people that still proclaim that brain blame cheating was out of character just exhausts me i'm like mm. Are there still no. a lot of people saying that? <laughs> yeah, there is. The same uh-huh. people whose favorite season is season three. Oh my god. Well, <laughs> anyway, all right. So getting back kind of into this, I don't episode, know. Have, <laughs> we will have a a Blaine and you know a, a couple of more places to really delve into this part of it. Um, I do kind of want to get back on topic. Sorry. Whole, no, it's fine. Like I said, I know you guys have like very passionate feelings, and that's fine. A lot of feelings. Um, but uh, kind of let's get into some season four stuff. Let's go past the breakup a little bit. Um, well, I think, I think the only thing, so great the only thing I want to focus on. As a character. Like, oh, for character like- growth. Like, because we had um, season three, he he got uh, Big Brother, but and he got all his other storylines were, were clean storylines. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. In season three, it was, it, I don't know, maybe it, I watch it with a Blaine, with Blaine glasses, but, like, season four is, like, all Blaine. Yeah, it is. Great. <laughs> the only, I just want to say the only thing that I wanted to bring up just with what happened with Eli 
I just find it interesting, yeah, that Blaine went for physical, physical, um, yeah. I also, like, yeah, he went, he went for something physical because that's, that's, as we've been talking about, that's how he seeks out connection. That's, yeah, that's what he was missing. And I've actually said this before. Oh, the camera. Um, I've, I've actually said this before is that if you watch after the breakup happens, nobody touches Blaine again until Brittany does. Yeah. In, um, uh-huh. That's a great Brit- point. Till, till Brittany kisses him in dynamic duets. Like Kurt kissing him in the breakup, that, that scene where he pops up behind the flowers, nobody touches Blaine again until then. And it's sort of like, he did this thing because he needed that, that he was touch starved. And then of course what happens is then he becomes touch starved and it just makes me really sad. Yeah. Oh, poor kid. I know. Um, So, yeah. And the nice thing though, is once he, once he gets kind of out of that, you know, dark, dark place of his life, um, he starts to have romantic feelings for Sam. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about this a little bit. Um, like kind of earlier, like yeah, he says, like Tina says to him, he needs a place to uh, like put his love now that Kurt's not there. He still loves Kurt. He's always gonna really love Kurt, but now he he just has all of these feelings. I, partly I agree with it. Partly I think yeah, Sam's hot. Like he's a <laughs> human being, and there's no reason you know he's a gay man, and there's no reason why he can't find other gay men attractive. And I think that Sam was a safe. You know, he he feels like he ruined his relationship with Kurt um, by having sex with other people. So having a crush on Sam where nothing is going to happen and he doesn't have to worry about it and he can just enjoy finding Sam attractive and Sam's a nice friend, that it, it feels safe and it feels like, mm-hmm. okay, this is a good, you know, way to, to express having these feelings. Do you think he stops masturbating for a while? Like stops... You know, all those things we were talking about. Mm. No, but all those things that we were talking about earlier, like, do you think he just kind of goes... I think he cries while he's masturbating. I was going to say, he probably (laughs) I think he probably cries. He probably also kind of... It's it's a lot of porn. I was going to say, he probably gets really into the porn. I don't think he's going out. Does he find a a Kurt lookalike and just watch all the porn that that person's in? Probably. (laughs) So, uh, that wouldn't be too busy honestly. watching porn to to gel on weekends. I just had I just had a really really gross thought that had to do with there's something about Mary, but like uh, <laughs> I figured when you both said ear at the same time, uh, it was just misinterpreted. <laughs> you know. Um, Talking about Sam, one thing we missed in in season three was Sam was when uh, when he came back and was trying to like bring in the um, uh, the moves. He um, Blaine gets really upset, and I'm not sure how much this is about like his feelings about sex and about um, being a stripper, or even if he knew, but. Um, he pushes Sam and says, I am not for sale. I think that is a reaction to Finn, though. I really yeah, think that I it's too. him projecting his anger and lashing out at Sam as a way to get at Finn. I think he's just 
I think it's more of just him being angry than how he really feels about that kind of stuff. I definitely agree agree with that, but I know that, like, there has been discussion about what this, what does that mean? Like, does, if, if Blaine does know, and it's a, it's a commentary on, like, on, um, either prostitution or, or being a stripper or stuff. And no, I, just, I think Blaine's I actually think fine that with it. It'd be interesting to discuss that. Like, I I, I think that yeah. I just I think it it just just was a momentary. I'm angry about this thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna like needle you where I think it'll hurt you. Not a mm-hmm. this is how I actually feel because Blaine is actually really rather fond of you know he's really fond of porn and he's really pretty okay with. Things are sexual, <laughs> and then I think that just other people are wrong on the internet. So, um, right. you think? Yeah, you think he he like he knew about Sam? Like, I mean, he's no. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that it's it's totally. I agree with Pam. It's it's a manifest. His, his anger is manifesting. His anger at Finn is manifesting and coming out because he can't lash out at Finn like that. <laughs> So he lashes out at Sam. Right. I don't even think you know, because they haven't told him. Finn and Rachel didn't tell anybody where they found Sam. Yeah. So. Um, kind of moving on with the season four, though. Um, let's talk about Christmas real quick. And do you guys think that Kurt and Blaine slept with each other on Christmas? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which would have been really awkward because Bert was there's no walls in that apartment. But but then again, like that they were so like jumping into the into bed in in um uh in I do at at Valentine's Day that like they had already like it, it they had already gotten over the awkward of the first time back together post breakup. The real so I I know I know some people have had canon that they sort of had sex than that like real angry sex than that of the breakup that dev, like we don't think that happened. No. Oh, after the after the breakup? No. Yeah. Okay, I just no. wanted I've read it. No. I mean, yeah, I can totally see where you can fan fiction it, but that's I think it's not really that much open for interpretation. I don't think they spoke to each other that whole night. Mm-mm. And yeah, I, I'm surprised, of, like, that they got into the same bed. Like, yeah. yeah How did that, I? I, I mean, I. But but I mean, like, Kurt got up out of bed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think probably like 20 long. minutes after they got into bed and was sitting there in the chair the whole night. Mm-hmm. He got up to speak to Blaine, but Blaine somehow managed to get out without. Speaking to him, and they never spoke. Yeah, Kurt <laughs> probably fell in, in, in asleep in the chair, and Blaine like left okay, yeah. while he was sleeping. So I always kind of had canon. So I this is where Bethany writes fanfic <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> I yes, had canon that. So you know, it's Christmas, and Bert goes to bed, and Blaine Kurt makes up a bed for Blaine on the couch. And he goes to bed, and then Kurt waits until he can hear his dad snoring, and then he goes out to the couch, mm-hmm. and they make out. And maybe not, like, full-on penetrative sex, but they, you know, were messing around. Yeah. 
I I go into it in much detail in those other podcasts, but um, uh, kind of connecting Glee actually with I do, I think this is really kind of interesting because I think that... Okay, okay, so this is what I think is super interesting about um, between Glee actually and I do. um, he He may or may not have slept with Kurt in Glee actually. He definitely sleeps and kind of lets uh, Kurt take control with I do. Mm-hmm. Um and that's a great scene and, as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, so good. Interesting thing about it is that I don't think Blaine okay because I feel like this is in contrast to Kurt who just is much more intense about sex in a lot of ways. But Blaine's kind of just, you know, he's got his crush on Sam. He's everything's starting to go okay with Kurt again. And he is doing okay. Like Mm -hmm. he doesn't seem to just be as sexually frustrated as Kurt seems to be during this time period. Um, Because Kurt's definitely sexually frustrated during this time period. Um, And, and Blaine, I mean, he's probably again, masturbating to the high level that he usually does. And, um, he's getting touch from his friends and he's getting acceptance from his friends. So he, I mean, he, he just doesn't, crave it in the same way as Kurt, if that makes any sense. Well, this is where, as I said, what I was saying before, I think from the time period between the breakup and dynamic duets, I think Blaine was not mass, like he was just not, there was no, you know, self-love happening at all. No one was touching him. He didn't want to touch himself. All of that kind of stuff was happening. And I think when dynamic duets happened and he formed the connection with Sam and kind of felt a little bit more accepted into the new directions, that's when, I feel like once he started to forgive himself, that was when he felt like he could literally, like, you know, start rewarding mm-hmm. himself again. And so by the time we get to Glee, actually, he's a little bit more back being a bit more comfortable with himself. I think Kurt, like, he wants to have that conversation with Kurt because you know how they were talking about how they were going to have a conversation at Christmas and that never mm-hmm. happened. I have a feeling that they probably had sex instead because Kurt was like, I'm not going to, I don't want to talk to you. Let's have sex instead. Mm-hmm. And then. then from that point onward, I feel like that's when, you know, Blaine starts to just feel good about himself, feels like he can go back to things being relatively normal. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, Kurt Kurt gets that taste of sex again. It was like, oh, I want some more, but I'm mad at Blaine and I don't want to. So that's where I think they're different. I think that's... Oh, go ahead, Bethany. I was just going to say, I think Glee actually is where Kurt starts to let go of the anger. Mm -hmm. He's... He has started, and also, he has started to let go of the anger, and that's also when I had that they start talking every day again. Like, not every day, but, like, they start talking again, and, like, becoming more present in each other's lives, and, you know, I think maybe that's kind of what I always thought. I think also they start talking to each other every day, like, right after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. It's like... The next day, uh, he's on the phone with Kurt. Um, um, I, I, I forget. I, I, sort of, I sort of forget how the episodes go. Thanksgiving happens after Kurt meets Adam, right? No, no it happens before. No. Yeah, it's actually, it's Glee actually a Christmas episode, and then Sadie Hawkins is okay. when um, Kurt mean, meets Adam. Well, here's think, the... Oh, I was going to ask, do you think that... Blaine, like Kurt told 
complain about Adam? Not really. No. no. But I don't think I also don't think Kurtz was invested enough in the relationship to tell Blaine about it. Because okay. I, mean, I, I do. I, I think it's mentioned at one point. At, I do. He says, oh, I'm sort of seeing somebody in New York. And that's the Obviously. only thing that he says about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was going to say, I think something to keep in mind, if, uh, because season four starts to get stretched out, um, you've got Glee actually happening in Christmas. And then everything up until love, love, love until when they get engaged is two and a half months. That's it. Right. So Mm -hmm. they start sleeping with each other again, really quickly and talking in again, really quickly. And Blaine, Blaine kind of, it's interesting because I think Blaine kind of confuses this. Okay. To like, we're having sex again and we're talking again as a, everything's fine thing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they start to get, I mean, he doesn't, give a shit about Adam like whatever Adam Adam's not you know wonderful when Bert is fine they're probably you know completely in a relationship without actually having a label at that point um Mm -hmm. so even though they don't technically get back together into love 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 I do think that they are kind of emotionally together before that and which is why we just it's interestingly we uh, you know yeah there's a lot of Blaine in season four but there's not a lot of Blaine point of view in in as much as it may seem like sometimes or at least not in correlation with his sex life um so we don't get a lot there but i do think since it is technically such a short amount of time like yeah he he feels he is on a better trajectory at this point so yeah does does so in this time period where Kevin Blaine are sort of talking to each other and they've had a bit, they, they may have had sex, they might have phone sex with one another, and then uh, Blaine is also sort of dealing with a crush on Sam. Does does Blaine tell Kurt about his crush on Sam? Do they bond over it? Do they maybe share their fantasies about Sam? I think oh, really? they do probably later i don't think they do as it's happening i think that's a thing that blaine tells kurt after they've gotten back i think that's a thing sam tells kurt (laughs) (laughs) maybe (laughs) like i'm so glad you guys are good doing it again so yeah or tina yeah yeah and i don't think it's something that kurt cares all that much about either um i'm pretty sure the two of them bond over saying things like oh god that guy's really hot and mm-hmm. like you know i'm pretty sure when um ricky martin was on the show and kurt was like oh my god he probably like took a picture and texted it to blaine yes. you know i i'm pretty sure that they kind of like are on the same lines that's it for that so the real question sam's a pretty chill dude did he just just because it's sam did they kiss at one point just because Sam wanted to know what it was like to kiss a dude? Mm, I don't think so. I no. don't think so, but feel free to explore that <laughs> in whatever fanfiction you Sorry, like. Sorry, I, I, mean, I just keep asking these questions as I, they come to me, and I'm just that's like... totally fine. I feel I, like if that happened, it would have happened, like, in back half of season five. Okay. With they would have gotten drunk there. and and played yeah. food pegs, spin the bottle yeah. again. I I guess like I just drunk and maybe a little other substances and <laughs> you know. I feel like it's one of those fun <laughs> things. Bros. You can that, tell the kind of fan fiction that I would write. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like sometimes there's this like 
let's see what happens and 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 put them in a pairing and like when we talk about things in fandom and it's fun to go and do that i just don't think there's usually ever canon to support that i i don't think that blaine or sam is interested that way but i mean feel free to explore whatever i'm sorry i came to hear no you guys are fine okay so let's jump in oh go ahead I was just going to say, so we, but the other thing, the only thing that kind of makes me a little bit on the fence about this trajectory between, especially leading up to Wonderful, is the fact that Guilty Pleasures kind of sits right in the middle of it. And you know, and this is, <coughs> I agree. Um, I think it's just, I, I feel like it doesn't make much sense. Um, no. I think if, if it had been the... Guilty pleasures, and then I do, and so and it was originally earlier in the in the season. Guilty pleasures was actually pushed back. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I mean, you know what? You can have crushes on and intense feelings towards people, and still, yeah. you know, it's uh, it's just an awkward narrative. I guess I don't think too much about it, but and of course, against all odds, was about Sam. Everybody, sorry. <laughs> But it's a thinly yeah, veiled, uh, like, sure. maybe it's also about Kurt, but it was explicitly about Sam, but perhaps there's some song choice in there, perhaps was influenced by Kurt. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's get into season five. Um, I feel like the, until the New York arc, there's not much to say. Uh, they are, they, there's lots of, uh, you know, phone Skyping and stuff like that. But um, Cyber lucky. Cyber lucky. <laughs> Let's talk. Let's take a, a quick second and talk about some of Blaine's. Um, we learned a little bit about Blaine's fetishes. I don't know if fetish is the right word, but, that, but <laughs> he likes Tom Hardy and Adam Levine. Um, mm, and I'll read okay. what Starkey says about you know Blaine is very very into Kurt's back tattoo. He's got <laughs> Bette Midler. It's got Bet Midler and Blaine's come all over. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Starkey, you're so eloquent. Um, he, you know, um, Kurt definitely likes the the frat boy talk. So I do think that throughout their sexual, they kind of like to. They're not. They're not like kinky. Or, I don't think they're that kinky or anything. But they do try little things, a little light role playing, or mm-hmm. you know, apparently the birds and the you know, <laughs> Kurt got a tattoo of a bird. I think that like. <laughs> I think you eventually did. I mean, yeah. there's a bird somewhere on Kurt. There's Kurt's a little Pavarotti like on his hip or something. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. And that's just Blaine's favorite thing. I, I do like they're just tiny little things. We don't get a lot, but um just little things. So the two um, do you think the two of them pull out their old Dalton uniforms and like cheer you? <laughs> I think that's the thing Blaine might want to do, and Kurt's always like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> I don't want to do why you have to put on football pads or something. <laughs> <laughs> he, he do you know do you know how hot like he saw a picture of Blaine in the, the uniform? It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, not to just quickly jump back, but I just remembered. Do you think? Sorry, I keep doing these hypotheticals, but that's okay. Do you think, like, obviously, so Blaine did become a cheerier, and he had to tell Kurt about that. Oh yeah. And then, and then, of course, there was the song. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, and, use your imagination, <laughs> Izzy. You're gonna have all of the fanfics after this. Oh my this. god. Too bad I can't write any of them, but so, just know. Yeah, like just know. <laughs> Blaine is on the, the phone explaining the whole thing about, um, like, infiltrating the, the Cheerios. And 
um, complains like, and then she gave me the uniform, but she gave me a thong and says I have to wear that. And and Kurt is like, pictures or it didn't happen. And <laughs> Blaine is like, of me in my uniform. He's like, no, no, Blaine. <laughs> George, do you think it's more like? Do you think it's more like? Hey, Kurt, how did you deal with the thong? Because he thinks that Kurt had to wear one too. And Kurt's like, "Excuse me." (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's jump into the the back end of season five uh, a little bit. Um, And because we do get the really the biggest thing is tested, and the thing I want to bring about this again is this idea that. Here's Blaine. He's not feeling confident about himself. He turns to porn instead of his fiance because he feels like he's not good enough, that he's not measuring up, that he's possibly being judged for not meeting these standards. And so he starts to pull away emotionally again from Kurt. And again, when Kurt doesn't have get sex, Kurt it flares up Kurt's insecurities and it again this downward spiral. It's the same freaking thing they have every time when you really think about it but (laughs) um it's you know it's definitely an indicator of you know when things are good they have a nice healthy sex life but when you know one of them mostly like blaine starts to feel insecure he's gonna pull away and then that's just has ramifications with kurt and it's kind of this interesting downward spiral they keep ending up in um well, there, uh, I know you've skipped forward to test it. I just wanted to talk about the end of New New York, where oh, they talk for about it. having just where they talk about having like you know they have that that great conversation, and then they go they talk about having like the hottest makeup sex ever. Mm-hmm. Do you think they had a lot of makeup sex before that? I not necessarily makeup sex, but I'm guessing they like. And Blaine is, you know, was freaking in high school for what felt like forever. And now they're <laughs> on their own. And mm-hmm. um, I think for those first couple of months, I think they were just doing it like bunnies. I mean, mm-hmm. they just, they have more free time. Granted, Rachel and Santana and Sam are at, the, you know, but they, they didn't <laughs> but, give a shit. <laughs> but God knows what they hear from us. Yeah. <laughs> they probably, like, their makeup sex uh, during the, the honeymoon period was probably, like, they fought over... I don't know, butter or something. Soda <laughs> stream. <laughs> and and like they had hot, angry sex, and then they were in bed and they were like, Oh, that was so stupid of us. We shouldn't have fought over that. And they're like, Yeah, I love you. And then they had makeup sex. <laughs> <laughs> so I also like, think it kind of is covering up some of the issues that is gonna lead mm-hmm. them to the season six breakup. And yes. you get a lot of this. You know, we're fighting. Let's just have hot makeup sex yeah. and we'll just, you know, have sex and not talk about our issues. And because of that, that leads to the strain and leads to Kurt not dealing with his emotions. I think Blaine is, you yeah. know, he's he is so desperate to be this thing that he thinks that Kurt wants him to be, mm-hmm. that he's kind of, you know, putting Kurt before him, his own needs. Yeah. And so that's kind of, you know, and it goes physically as well. And, you know, the second breakup, I do think it's beneficial for Blaine too, actually. Um, but during that time period, yeah, I think there's just a lot of, I think there's more sex going on than talking. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah. Yes, I would definitely agree with that. Wholeheartedly. 
Except then that Blaine moves out, so there's less sex happening. I don't know about less sex, but probably less... Because less I feel convenient, like, less convenient. <laughs> I feel like, like we've actually got to coordinate it now, right? I feel like they also communicate a lot through sex. Like <laughs> yeah. Kurt puts his, his all a lot of his love and his affections into how he expresses himself himself sexually, and Blaine derives a lot of their intimacy his intimacy from sex so like when he moves out even though it's really is a good thing and probably needed to happen they lose a lot of that so then which you know is the trajectory they needed to take because they weren't all the way right yet mm-hmm. but they just lost those elements i don't think they have less sex at all in that period i mean just think of Mercedes reaction to coming home yeah. with the flowers from Sam and she like immediately thinks it's Blaine so it's obviously <laughs> they do spend a lot of time and together then, with, and then in that, were, they can, were they candles? yeah well and then in Bash Blaine and Sam are just hanging out in the loft and neither of them live there <laughs> so like you know, I think that Blaine was probably at the loft a lot too. I think he slept over at the loft a lot too. I yes. think that he had I don't a. Think Rachel realized that he'd moved out. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. No, I think that he had like some things over at the at the. But I think it's one of those things where, like, you know, um, gosh, I feel like everyone. I've I've known this couple in high school, er, in college. I um, I uh, lived with a couple and um. And a couple other people. God, that time period. Oh, my God. But anyway, the other person, like, my roommate's significant other, their house that they actually, like, had or their other place that they lived didn't really have anything in it. I mean, there was a bed and some personal, like, belongings. But that was it. Like, everything else was at our our place. And I think that's the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. Blaine will have his bed and maybe, like, some school stuff for when he has to go over there because Kurt doesn't want anybody, like, to... It, whatever. But I think that he spends most of his time in the loft with Kurt, so... Yeah. Well, basically, so when you see him move, he... When he yeah, moves he felt like he has a little yeah, he has one thing to pick. So. But like, see, like them congratulating themselves on the fact that they had this big conversation, and Blaine decided to move out when he really doesn't move out, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, it's just boundaries. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, but like, uh, also, I just just because I remember, there's also this whole jealousy thing with Elliot. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um. Sorry, I just remembered with the boundaries no, line. No, it's fine. Yeah, like I, I don't know if there's, I don't even think Blaine's that jealous. I think that he's. No. I think he's jealous of the that, relationship that they have. Yeah. I like, think he was tried like the show kind of tried to force the jealousy on him, like back in early season with like Becky showing him the kiss, kiss selfie. Yeah. yeah, but it wasn't real. I mean, Blaine didn't even and seem that jealous like, in there. Uh, okay, that's like he just looked at it really intensely. Like right. what? I think it was. It's more of here's Elliot who gets a lot of Kurt's attention and and mm-hmm. gets to do all of these. Like has been here with Kurt this whole time, and I haven't, and I feel like I'm again losing going into the tested stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the the narrative was like leading there, but Blaine 
Blaine's character was not going down the path. Mm-hmm. He was like, because when he confronts Elliot, he like gets mad for two seconds and then deflates. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like yeah, with this, yeah, you're right. With this, the Sam thing in season three, like he's frustrated for other reasons and he's kind of taking it out on this arbitrary reason that is right, not like really Blaine's, a thing. Blaine's jealous because of the relationship that Kurt has with Elliot, not necessarily because he thinks that Kurt's going to leave him for Elliot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Almost as if he should be communicating cool. with Kurt. Almost, yeah. Um, So, yeah, we get into the the season six breakup. And I don't think, here's my thing. So, Blaine gets dumped. I think that he goes through a super depressive episode for a while. And then he comes out of it. And this is when he starts going to scandals. Now... You guys can headcanon. I'm I'm super interested. Do you think that he was hooking up with other guys before he hooked up with Karofsky? Or do you think Karofsky was the the first real rebound? No, I think he was hooking up with other guys. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I, I don't think... Again, I don't really I, know the, the time frame. Like, yeah. how long he was in... Lima after the breakup, like I never understood the timeline. No, it's not clear. I my six. own personal timelines is six months ish, but you can make a case for a lot of different numbers. The only the only thing I wanted to talk about before we moved on to this was back in Tested where Blaine seems to continue to view there like everything is kind of like starts viewing things as a competition. Mm. Um, I just didn't know whether we quite talked necessarily about that but i didn't know if there's anything else to say oh sure wait i mean do you have anything that you'd like to connect i don't know because i just i just feel like a lot of people especially view the end of tested as blaine giving so much more and kurt just not giving him anything back and i know we've all you've especially pam have talked about how that's not what's going on at all but still a lot of people look at that moment as a moment of Blaine is so much more emotionally available than Kurt is, and of course that seems to be what leads to their season six mm-hmm. breakup anyway. The fact that Blaine, what, what does Kurt say something about like in, in, he doesn't know how to? What was it the line about intimacy? Like Blaine is more in touch with being intimate than Kurt right. is. Blaine is okay. So Blaine. Sorry, I didn't is, mean to bring it back no, to season five, but I just totally wanted to. Fine. Then we'll go back to season six. <laughs> no, you're going to be totally fine. It's better that we talk about this now before we get into the Krofsky stuff. Um, yeah, no, I... Blaine, you know, lost Kurt. And he's now kind of desperate to get him back because he that all of that, like, being in that relationship validated. And he got what he needed out of He got his romance. He got a partner who loved him. He got somebody who told him, who was a positive influence on him, telling him how amazing he is. And he, he you know, he loves Kurt. He wants that back. And he he got that back. And in his mind, saying, here, I'm going to put a ring on it. It solidifies everything. Um, you know, I... Uh, that should be the end of it except for Kurt's not all the way there yet. So Blaine's Mm -hmm. trying to overcompensate. So, Mm -hmm. okay, well let's talk about getting married. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. And 
All the meanwhile, he's feeling that Kurt is not there. So he starts to, you know, uh, the show itself frames it on just about this, like, you know, appearance stuff and and about how, um, you know, Kurt seems to be doing... Well, I mean, this ties into it. Kurt seems to be doing okay on his own. He doesn't need Blaine the way mm-hmm. Blaine feels like he should because Blaine has always been that person who relies on people to need him. Otherwise, he doesn't feel like he is being validated or accepted. What he doesn't realize is that he shouldn't rely on Kurt's validation and accept, like mm-hmm. complete um, validation and acceptance to be a, a a complete person and and something that he's going to learn um is that through tested and through the breakup and whatnot is that he's okay he can be okay on his own and he can be a good and valued person on his own and he doesn't need that validation from kurt um so to the tested part of it like yes kurt is definitely not as warm and fuzzy and whatnot as a lot of people would like him to be. And I understand that. Um, I, I do think part of it is the narrative of they are heading on this breakup trajectory and Kurt mm-hmm. isn't all the way there. Part of it, I think is Blaine needing to really learn that, you know, he, yes, Kurt needs to be a little bit better with acknowledging that Blaine is in these bad places, but Blaine also needs to be learning that it's okay um, and it's something he's always going to, because we all know Blaine wants to be a people pleaser and he is a people pleaser, but Blaine being okay that, you know, uh, he's okay to be himself or by himself. Um, mm. I don't know if I've answered any of your <laughs> questions. No, I, just, like, <laughs> I just thought like, no, it was really good. I just thought like it's something that needed to be. Sure. Sure. And that's fine. I mean, and then something um, we can spend a little bit more time on when we talk about, like, I, I do have some play, plain, plain, <laughs> plain art conversations and clean arcs um, that we can maybe dig into more on the emotional side of everything. Um, but I, I know that the, the, the hardest thing that I've seen people have to deal with, especially people that are on the Blaine side is that here's Blaine always giving Kurt all of this like love and attention and being very over the top about how he says, um, I love you and let me show you and let me do all these things. And Kurt doesn't seem to reciprocate. And I, I understand that's kind of a frustration when Kurt is just kind of a, a, a different person B is not happy in his relationship. So he's not going to really give back see Blaine needing to learn that that's just, you know, he's putting all of himself into this relationship and he shouldn't have to do that. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that's healthy for Blaine. Um, And mostly the people on the internet can totally fuck off because I think (laughs) that fandom, fandom made it into this huge better boyfriend, you know, Chris Mm -hmm. is not into it and Chris and Darren hate each other and Kurt hates Blaine and Blaine is a horrible cheater who hates, you know, is a horrible person. And all of this fandom stuff gets, you get so, not you guys specifically, but I'm saying you can get so swept up in what other people are saying it, that it distorts how you see the actual thing that's going on screen. And I think that a lot of Blaine fans and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, feel like Blaine or they relate to Blaine. And that is why the Blaine is their favorite character. And so when you see this other character who Blaine's supposed to be in love with not being as Blaine-ish as Blaine is back, 
that it can feel distorted and feel like, why isn't this character, you know, Blaine is doing this. Why isn't this other character doing this back? And uh, yes, I think there should have been more happy times shown better, a couple of better beats with Kurt to help make it a fuller thing. But I do understand why, you know, you guys had some of these reactions that you did again, if I made any sense. (laughs) No, that, that basically addressed a lot of the things that I was hoping we could quickly touch upon before we moved sure. on to season three. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I just, I think we all, this is the thing is that when you, when you watch a show, like when the show is finished and we get a lot of like moment gift, especially, and it's kind mm-hmm. of like that focus on Kurt's face when Blaine is like breaking down and crying in his arms and he's just hugging him and his face doesn't like, you say, I've seen that moment it's- gift to high heaven and it's sort of like, there's a disconnect here and it's, it's, it's fine. Cause they do eventually address it, but at well, the time, I, I guess I don't even feel like, and this is just maybe my interpretation, but a lot of people are like, Oh, Kurt, just, I, I see the little bit of resignation, but I also feel like for me, and maybe it's just me relating to Kurt or projecting onto Kurt. It's a, okay, this is something we're going to have to keep working on. This is not like mm-hmm. a, I, this is not Kurt being, and Kurt's just not like this. Hey, okay, honey, I'm going to take care of you. And we're going to be fine. You know, that's not Kurt. It's just like, okay, we're going to do this. I can do this. I can do this for Blaine. And kind of a, you know, at, but right before that, Kurt says, you know, Blaine says, I think you're going to wake up one day and say, I don't love you. And Kurt says, I'm always going to love you. Like he doesn't understand Blaine sometimes. And that's going to be something they always have to work on. But like part of his resignation is like, God, Blaine, how many times, how can I show you that I still love you while being, having a little bit of doubts about actually wanting to get married. So it's a, it's a tricky thing. It's a very complicated emotion, which is why I think like, in those gif sets, it's kind of can almost reflect how you want it to reflect or what you, you are feeling personally as the audience member. I don't think this is, a, you know, I, I don't think it's one specific thing. Just as a curious question, and I'm just going to put out there, if this were real life, do you think they would have just called off their wedding but sort of stayed together? Like, do you think it was really necessary to completely call off the entire relationship? If I, I don't think if that this ever happens in in TV or movies that like people decide not to get married, but they stay together. Like I've in every time that in a movie or TV show, if one of the people decides they don't want to get married, like it's the end of the relationship. Mm. Like, I, I don't know. I'll go ahead. I'm not Colin, sure sorry. in real life if that happens. Cause I've never really I... experienced that. I don't know. Think... <laughs> oh, see, and this is really kind of a hard question to answer personally because I think that there are different points of, well, I don't think Blaine would have cheated. I really don't think that that, I think they would have, like, no, no, we're going to go. I think that Blaine should have been the same age and they would have been fine <laughs> and lived happily ever after, and that's fine. I think they would have been a really boring couple who eventually got married and that was it. I, I just don't see the high level of drama. Um, that they got because they're a fictional character. So it's a really hard thing to, I think though, if they had come out of, you know, they, if Blaine had come out to New York and they were a couple, they would have found their own place and probably fought a bit 
but managed to work their shit out and then eventually get married. You know, that it's hard to say. They are a fictional character with, you know, (laughs) outside factors such as ratings playing into something. So, um, I don't know. It's whatever your own headcanon is. That's mine, but you know, can totally disagree with it if you like. So, sorry, I'm gonna say I've got a lot of what ifs going on. Today. No, that's totally. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm just. You guys can tell me to shut up at any point too. So like, um, but no, okay. I shan't. Yeah. <laughs> so going on to but season then, six though, because because then but the thing is that so then Blaine moves back in. And everybody else clears out. So they do finally have their own space. They get to finally kind of be the couple that they've always wanted to be. And it's sort of like, it's not the way that they imagined it. Right. Because they're teenagers still. Well, I mean, they're like in their early 20s and they're kind of yeah. stupid. And I, <laughs> I think, uh, really, my biggest thing was always they didn't have walls and doors to slam. I, you know, just if Kurt had the ability to just get out and be in a different place for five seconds, then it wouldn't have met, you know, I, there's a lot of different things, but I just, I think that, I don't know. I, I think that they weren't addressing, you know, Rachel is still there for a long time and then Rachel will move out. And yeah, they're, they're in the, you know, it just wasn't everything they wanted it to be, but the circumstance that they got into wasn't what they wanted it to be. I mean, they inherited this loft basically and it wasn't the startup place that they'd always dreamed of. And, you know, the relationship wasn't as perfect as they'd always hoped it would be. And, you know, they had all these discussions that they weren't talking about. So it was kind of bound to blow up in their face. But, um, no, they didn't have to call off the wedding. But I do think that each of the characters benefited from having yeah. that time apart. Do you think they had a lot of sex in lieu of communicating properly with one another? Yeah, Absolutely. Like they did they, rather than talking, it was sort of like, shut up. I don't want to hear you right now. Let's just, this is one yeah. way to, oh, to yeah. feel close I mean, to one another, but not to actually Absolutely, I think another. like if you look at tested, that whole love is a battlefield is anger sucks. I mean, I think that, um, that's what they did. Mm-hmm. So, so now we can move on to these things. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. I think I mean, a, a lot. The, the breakup was about the um, the love competition that we talked about, but in a different way. Um, like, Blaine was getting, like, was starting to feel insecure, so he he was trying to show shower Kurt with more love and more love by, like, planning the wedding and doing yeah. gestures. Well, that's Blaine. I mean, in, I think in they... the reverse, like, Kurt was uh, getting insecure and, like, all of this, like, piled on love from Blaine was making him even more insecure. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and so he was pulling back even more. And so, and yeah. so like, even he, he didn't want to break up with Blaine and he didn't want to, like, call off the wedding. Really, I don't think he really did. Mm-mm. But, no. um, well, I, I don't know. The whole marriage thing. No, I agree but, with you. Um, I think, but, he he was like convincing himself that he no longer wanted like it was all too much so he was being like pulled away that way yeah i wouldn't necessarily frame it as a competition but i do think that um that it kind of is again the the cyclical nature where you know kurt's not you know being 
he's not good with his emotions and not good at expressing himself or his emotions, hence the intimacy issues, mm-hmm. and therefore um, starts to feel resentment towards Blaine. Um, Blaine wanting to hold on to everything is pushing the wedding. Kurt is using we're not old enough as an excuse and the you know he doesn't want to hate Blaine and he's starting to not like Blaine and he doesn't like this so if we just end it now it'll save us all a lot of pain and tears and breaks it off and Blaine doesn't really fully understand that because he's already broken the thing and understood what that's like but you know they come out of it as learning you know Kurt's going to learn that he's got his intimacy issues. He's got to express what he's feeling and actually tell Blaine when, you know, things like I love you and stuff like that. And then Blaine's got to learn that he's okay on his own and that he's, he can function as a human being and doesn't need one person's validation to be a good person. So. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it was a competition. I think it was just that that's the way that like fandom kind of. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But that's what was happening, that, like, Blaine was, Mm -hmm. like, just going crazy with, like, wedding. Oh, yeah. Overcompensating, maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, look what he was doing with the the proposal. So, um, yeah. I really wonder what Blaine's planned wedding would have looked like. Hmm. I guess we'll never know. (laughs) We'll never know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But but I think... um, Oh, what was I going to say? Um, the uh, the fact that oh my god, I, I completely forgot what I was going to say again. Um, 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 um no, it's gone. Never. It's okay. Oh no, yes, no, I do, no, I do remember. <laughs> so they talk about. I appreciate that the show talked about how the both of them seem to be like speaking to professionals about this, like getting mm-hmm. therapy and stuff. I'd like to think that that continued even when they got back together. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They probably went to uh, couples counseling. I I would hope so. All right, so let's get into this Krofsky issue. Um, Yeah, like, Bethany, you had said something about you thought that Blaine probably had been with other people. Um, Yes, I do. Um, um, What was I going to say? Oh, so... I think that, I mean, it took me a, it took me a long time to get used to the Karofsky thing. Mm-hmm. A long, long time. <laughs> like, past season six airing. That's how long mm-hmm. it took me to be okay with it. And so one of the ways that I did was, like, you know, Blaine started, he was starting to heal and get better, but he also was, you know, still really sad. And so he goes and he looks for the intimacy in other people. And I don't think he like had sex with scads and scads of men, but I think Mm -hmm. that it was like, you know, he went a couple of weeks in a row and maybe went home with a couple of different people or, had you know whatever's in little in back seats of cars and it was like just a way to kind of like release some of that sexual tension that he had carrying around Mm -hmm. and then when he met Karofsky Karofsky didn't want a one-night stand he didn't want to be he wanted a relationship and I don't necessarily think that Blaine was all the way ready for that but also he was very like he needed someone to like 
as much as I hate this word, like treasure him in a way. <laughs> and like, so he went to Krafsky because that's what he was doing. And I remember I wrote this thing in a fic that I'll never finish. But anyway, it was like Blaine journaling. And it was like, he, um, he smells different than you. And I can't see the world in his eyes, but he's kind and he never lets go first when I hug him. And so like, it's a completely different relationship, but it was also one that he needed at the time. But also with the same with Chandler, there was a time, there was a timer on their relationship from the second that Kurt walked back into Lima. Yeah. Right. And they both knew it. Yeah, so. Right. But I think once again, they didn't, much like you get from transitioning, they don't really talk about it. Like they both mm-hmm. know it, but I don't right. think either of them said anything. No. No. But I think well, that's why they like rush to ro- move in together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, al- yeah. I also think it was, uh, it might have been, or I have a headcanon that like, Blaine was rather passive about his relationship with Karofsky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, like, he he was going to scandals, and Karofsky asked him to dance, so he said okay. And Karofsky <coughs> invited him home, and he said okay. Mm-hmm. And then they went out on date. Uh, Karofsky invited him on dates, and he said okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, Karofsky said if since you're complaining about having to live back with your parents, why don't you just move in with me? And he said, okay. And like, yeah, it's, Oh yeah. I was just going to agree like, with you. <laughs> no, just, just being okay with it. Like mm-hmm. he, he didn't well, like seek it out for the first time. He didn't have to, I mean, he, Blaine likes control. Okay. But to relinquish that a little bit and be like, yeah, you go ahead and, do the trajectory. I don't have to like put this much energy into, you know, making sure the thing is okay. Like it, I just don't need yeah. to be as intense. I don't need, and he needed that for a little while. He needed, yeah, the, you he know, was, he was like clinically depressed and mm-hmm. coming out of that. And depression is just energy draining. Mm-hmm. So like just right. to let other people decide kind of, I mean, it's, yep. it sounds sort of bad that, to say that, but that yeah, but, I, but I still think there were some like genuine feelings there. I don't think yeah, they ever yeah. got super deep, but no. a deep as love, but some definite affection. And I and I dislike the concept of settling as such. But I think Blaine and Dave could have been really happy together. Really, like for I don't for a time, would, I don't know whether yeah. been an, an, a, 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 their end. Like if Kurt had never returned, I think they would have been really happy for a while, and then Blaine perhaps would have realized that he doesn't just have to be okay anymore and can go out and seek something Uh more. I don't think it was ever going to be longer than a short time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, This is, this is the thing. So I I know you said you were going to come back to this and why you've said many times why it was Dave and not say someone like Sebastian. Sure. And whilst I do think it would, this is me being a sibling, if I would have loved to it, to seen it be Sebastian, I think the fact that it was Dave and we've been talking a lot about how perhaps Blaine's communication skills haven't been great. And I bet I have this idea that when Karofsky first saw Blaine in Scandals alone, he kind of was able to put two and two together and never explicitly asked Blaine what happened with Kurt, but 
knew that something had happened, but they never really talked about it. Mm-hmm. Well, they, I mean, yes, they did. Blaine, Karofsky says, you know, Blaine just unloaded about the whole breakup. Yeah. And Karofsky, yeah, but I don't know, but I don't know whether he, he would have gone into like extreme detail as such. I, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I got the opinion that he did because that's when Krofsky, that's part of a layer of it. Krofsky is like, you know, I know you're mad at him, but think about all the nice things that he's done over the years and how he helped me. And they bonded over Kurt. I mean, part of the reason why Blaine is kind of okay with it is that, you know, it's, there's still this thing about, it's a connection to Kurt in this yeah. very twisted way. It's really uh, messed up, buddy. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But it is a, it's yeah. super messed up. But it also but, is just, sorry, it's just that. life. It's just, you know, you, people come and go into your life in ways that you don't always expect. And I don't know, I'm getting tired. So I'm getting really deep. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Sorry. It's, it's, oh. I know it's late for you guys, but it's like almost 1 yeah. p.m. in the afternoon for me. So oh like. yeah. It's, we, 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 yeah, it's almost 11 here. Um, so, <laughs> but, sorry. um. It's okay. But yeah, the the point, uh, I just think it's interesting that kind of going on a little bit of a tangent here that the show goes out of its way to talk about Blaine and Krofsky having sex. They make different allusions mm-hmm. to it. They bring it up a lot. They don't do that with Kurt and Walter. No, and we discussed all that on the on the Kurtz one, but it is you know Blaine is still a sexual being. He's still going to do that and still you know have that as as a major part of his relationship. And I think mm-hmm. that's so. Do you think that Blaine was Karofsky's first though? No, Karofsky had dated all those guys. Yeah, like he dated half of Lima before. <laughs> right, Did remember? You, yeah, no, but okay, so. This is um, this is getting a bit tangential, but like, do you think that de- like Blaine is the kind of person that Karofsky has always been attracted to, like the smaller? No, Blaine, no? Karofsky like bears. Like every one of those guys that stood up were like. I think this was a different avenue for Karofsky. Like, so then does that mean that Karofsky, in the same way that we were talking about how perhaps in Kurt and Blaine's first time checking on Kurt the whole time, do you think Karofsky checked on Blaine like? You're a bit more no. breakable than I'm used to. No, <laughs> well, that that way maybe, but yeah, physically maybe, but men- emotionally, yeah. I think still yeah. blame someone or like, are you okay? Like that kind yeah. of stuff. So, I'm pretty sure I read a fic where that happened, and I don't remember which one it was. But <laughs> shout out to whoever made me read Blaine and Day fic and made me enjoy it. So <laughs> I should find it. Um, so yeah, then we get, you know, and then we get the, the, you know, Kurt and Blaine are, um, are, uh, reconnected and they, you know, get back together. And then I guess this kind of leads us into how do you, what do you think of the future of Kurt and Blaine and, and relation to sex? And I think it's something that they're always, you know, I think that emotionally they'll need work and counseling and everything, but I think sexually though, I, I they're, they're pretty good. I think they'll they'll have a few like periods where like they get into like huge slumps or or periods of stress where they pull away and um and they their their relationship suffers because like they they do the same thing where like mm-hmm. um 
Blaine pulls away and Kurt reacts and, you know, they go down the same path again. But they um, have experience now, so they know the warning signs. I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like I think after a while, I think maybe the first time after they're married, it'd probably be a huge the because they're still in like I, they they still need to talk so much in in mm-hmm. season six, and I know that like I guess it went on in the like the background we we didn't see it on film because like only half a season but apparently they, that's boring <laughs> the whole season of them communicating god they needed to communicate so bad like, <laughs> hopefully they got some out but i really think like their first huge fight after their marriage is they're gonna get through it obviously and it's going to make them so much stronger but it's it's going to be a doozy and it's mm. going to revolve around like Blaine pulling back on sex and Kurt reacting and see I think stuff and see I think they they struggle pretty much their entire marriage with communicating through sex instead mm-hmm. of communicating through words yeah. yeah I think that's something that they struggle with a lot through their entire marriage. Mm-hmm. It's not always a bad thing. Because it's not always a bad thing. But it's when you're replacing. What you should be talking about. With your phys- with your physical relationship. That it sometimes gets a little murky. And I yeah. think that's something. That they both struggle with a lot. And that will be something. They continue to struggle with. Mm-hmm. And just, hopefully they'll learn. Each other's sex languages too. Like Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think even even for, towards in season six, we kind of get an idea that Kurt's a little bit more in tune with the fact that Blaine needs, there's a certain type of intimacy that Blaine needs, and Blaine mm-hmm. will probably come to terms with the fact that there's boundaries that Kurt needs, mm-hmm. and the two of them will kind of work it out together. I personally think, like, that one of their first big fights happened. We saw a lot in season five of, Kurt kind of bringing up Blaine cheating as a joke. I feel like their first big fight, Blaine will probably throw the fact that Kurt called off their wedding in his face, and that will be like this. And then and then it'll never happen again because like that's that's an area that you know we've moved past it. We shouldn't. We're not gonna. We don't want to focus on past mistakes anymore. I just think that that's like they they've got they've got to stop bringing up those past those things that they've done to one another in the past, or else they're never going to move forward. I, I I agree that they need to stop bringing them up, but they there are insecurities behind them. So yes, like, they won't forget they about them, but they weren't the tools of of uh, therapy. Yes, therapy. Hopefully, <laughs> well, Kurt will like talk in therapy talk, and it'll piss Blaine off <laughs> in mm-hmm. one of their arguments. <laughs> But, but yeah, they'll, I mean, they'll survive and they'll be the best couple ever, obviously. <laughs> um, the, the last thing I kind of want to touch upon, and I, I don't want to talk a whole lot of time on this because this, this opens up a whole nother and I, and we could like talk an hour on it and I don't want to do that. Um, but uh, some fan things about Blaine and just because, um, Snarky wrote something in her notes that I think is kind of fascinating, um, 
about submissive Blaine. She's read, I've read a bunch of fic that play on the dom sub that, uh, that comes up with Clayton. I do think that if you look at it, Blaine loves approval and adoration and Kurt loves control. Blaine is not secondary to Kurt or lesser than, but if Kurt told him he was being so good for him, Blaine would love it. Um, and I just thought it, you know, it's interesting. I don't, I oh it's been a long time since I've read a lot of Clayton fic, but I, I think it's interesting that, um, the one thing that I do see, uh, come up in fic a lot, uh, is a lot of this dominant sub, dom sub stuff that comes up, um, that isn't necessarily in canon, but, um, do you guys have any other, like, tropey things that you find uh, that come up in fanon that is not necessarily canon or... And it is totally related to not the relationship or the emotional, but more so towards sex. I brought this up before I started when you actually uh, mentioned that thing that Snarky had written. I uh, mentioned that my brain started singing that boy is a bottom because fandom seems mm-hmm. to think that Flame is like the exclusive Exclusively a bottom with an ass like that. It's not but even I think true. Yeah, I know. That's what I said. Not the really. show made it quite clear really. that that was not the case. Um, and the other thing that I find really interesting, if you've been in fandom for a long enough time, you'll know that in season two, at least, if you read any fic in season two, Blaine was very much more the dominant personality. He was the one that topped in a lot of fic. And then after you found out he was younger and the kind of change, he kind of changed a little bit. That's when the fic also kind of did a complete 180. I just find found that to be really interesting. If you read it, you can always you generally tell if a fic is a season two era fic just based mm. on the the, yeah, the sexual dynamics. It's really interesting that because like with the Kurt stuff, I feel like there was a lot of discrepancies, a, a lot more discrepancies. Whereas in the Blaine fic, I don't feel. I feel like. A lot of times, but at least the stuff I read felt truer to the character we were shown um, in canon than a lot of the Kurt stuff, which is mm. a weird thought. But <laughs> so, okay, well, I'm going to wrap this up with um, the conclusion that that Snarky gave us because I think it's really kind of fun. She says, in conclusion, Blaine likes to bang, bang, bangity bang, but he does. <laughs> Have some standards. He is a highly sexual being who craves loves and affects love and affection in all forms. He is constantly touching and connecting and requires that kind of care in return. He isn't always as good at expressing his needs vocally, but his physical signs are clear and become easier to read as he progresses through the seasons. He's one of my two favorite blouses. Oh, and I, I just think it's a really kind of nice way to wrap up this podcast. So yeah, agreed. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you guys for doing this with me. It's been a great conversation. Um, next week, you know what? I honestly don't know what I've got planned because all of these special <laughs> ones keep getting mixed around. But we'll definitely have something for you. Uh, keep an eye out on uh, the all the other ghost podcasts that we're doing, and Bethany's on that with me. Um, feel free to 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 bring in questions. It's the the last season here, so we'd love to hear from you. Um, otherwise, uh, you guys have a great night, and I'll see you next Sunday. But it's too late, baby, now it's too late Once in your life you'll find her Someone who turns your heart around It's good to know that you've got a friend When people can be so cold Don't be alarmed
but now they're okay. Only me or my, you're the apple of my eye, girl. I never loved one like you. Found you hiding here, so won't you take my hand, darling? There's nothing that can stop you from becoming popular, Lar. Hey.